Sammy Hagar from 1984, I Can't Drive 55. This is before Sammy Hagar joined Van Halen, replacing David Lee Roth, who left the group in 1984. Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Druff and Friends show. January 20th, 2015 is today's date. Regularly scheduled program, except we're about ah, 15, 20 minutes late. Not uncommon for this show. In case you're wondering about that last song, especially if you're younger, uh, up until the, I think it was the early 90s, the United States had a national speed limit of 55, which I think was enacted in 1976 or somewhere around there. Uh, The slogan for the government that they used to get everyone to follow the law and to approve of the law was, Drive 55 saves gas, saves lives. That was really the slogan. Saves gas, saves lives. The theory being that uh, if you cruise at 55, it's actually saving gas over driving at a faster speed, which is true, but you don't save that much gas. It's, it's negligible. Uh, but you know, there was a lot of problems with, uh, with oil embargoes and stuff around that time, so... Uh, that was the main reason the 55 national speed limit was adopted. And also, uh, there was the belief that a speed limit of 55 would bring down the number of fatal accidents. Well, eventually this got relaxed, and now we have speed limits in the United States as high as 85 miles per hour. Not many places have 85. I think the there's a small area in Texas, and I think maybe in Utah also, that has 85, but... Uh, for the most part, the highest you're going to see is 75, 80 in a few places, 85 in very fewer. 65 is very common as a speed limit on the highway. But 55, that was a pretty low speed limit. Now, at the time, cars were not as safe when you get into an accident as they are today. So uh, I guess it did save some lives, but now that sort of speed limit would be uh, ridiculous and way too low. If you drove 55 from Los Angeles to Las Vegas and hit no traffic, which of course these days is tough to do, but if you hit no traffic and drove 55 the whole way, it would take near six hours to get there. So it would feel like crawling. I, I bet most of you who listen to this show do not drive 55 on the highway. I played this song because I got a ticket Actually, at the end of December, but I just got the bad news in the mail. The way it works in California is when you get a ticket, they don't write on the ticket how much it is. The government determines it after the fact and then sends you a notice telling you how much you owe. Now, California has been using these tickets as a way to raise revenue, and all governments do that. But California is getting increasingly obnoxious with how they're using the tickets for revenue. Every time they need more revenue, they just keep upping the tickets. So I was ticketed for going just 15 miles per hour over the speed limit, and the ticket arrived in the mail for $387. What the hell? $387 for going 15 over. That's a joke. That's a joke. Only reason it's that high is because the state government, the county government, and the city government, they all need money, so they all take their piece of the pie. Anytime they need more money, okay, we'll just up, we'll just up the ticket penalties. Really bad. So, truthfully, speed limits should be higher than they are right now. Cars are safer. The roads, the highways are built for speeds 
faster than 65, 70 miles per hour. They're built to be safely driven on at higher speeds. Uh, there's highways in other countries like the Autobahn in Germany with much higher speed limits or no speed limits. I don't think no speed limits is proper, but uh, 65 is too low. And you'll see on the highway, most people are not driving 65. Most are going at least 70, some 75, some 80. I also have a theory. I think I've discussed it before on this show that it's what I call the fastest car theory. And that is if you're the fastest car, within reason, if you're going like at 100 miles per hour, this doesn't apply. But if you're the fastest car on the road, I think it gives you a safety edge in one way in that nothing comes behind you and surprises you. Nobody rear ends you. Nobody clips you. Um, You're not changing lanes and hitting a car zooming by you. These things don't happen. My parents were actually witness to a very bad accident about a year and a half ago driving on the 15 near uh, Riverside, California, where someone who was driving very fast came up behind a car that wasn't driving as fast and clipped him. And the car in front spun out, hit the center wall of the freeway, and the driver died. And my parents actually were witness to that. And my dad was actually asked to testify in court about it. So... This would not happen, what I just described, if you're the fastest car on the road. Now, obviously, everybody can't be the fastest car on the road. And if you're driving at a reckless speed like 100 miles per hour, then the negative safety consequences uh, definitely outweigh the positives of being the fastest car. But if you're the fastest car within reason where you're still driving a safe speed, uh, at least I feel you're in more control. You see everything around you. Nothing can surprise you. You see everything ahead of you. And I have never gotten in a high-speed or medium-speed collision in my life, and I've been driving for 27 years now. Never an accident above 20 miles per hour in all my time driving. So I think my theory actually has some weight to it. That's double asking if we started early. No, we didn't start early. We started late. But uh, the official time of the show is 6.30, and... We started around six four, uh, six forty seven, six fifty, something like that. So, um, Hotshot seventy four saying that we'll be still doing the agenda about uh, sixty minutes into the show. <laughs> you know, I should rename this show from Druff and Friends. I should rename it to. Instead of 60 Minutes, the television program which I appeared on uh, in 2008, I should uh, call this 60 Minutes of Agenda. That would be a good name of this show. This show, we're not going to have 60 Minutes of Agenda because the agenda is shorter this week. So maybe it'll only be about 45 minutes till the show actually gets going. I once got a request, and in fact, I was fulfilling this request for a while, then I got lazy. I got a request from a listener to put in the show description when the actual content of the show started. He got so sick of hearing about the free roll and about the agenda and about uh, whatever frivolous stuff I talked about at the beginning that he actually wanted to just jump into it without hearing any of this crap introducing it at the beginning. So he wanted a minute mark to know to jump to so he can skip all this stuff, like what I'm talking about right now. So let's do all the stuff that that listener hates. I forget who it was, but uh, I'm going to do the stuff right now that this guy does not want to hear. 
and that you're probably sick of hearing by now if you're a regular listener to the show, and you probably hate even more if you are an archive listener, because that means that the live stuff I'm talking about here, like the chat room and everything else I'm going to talk about in a second, does not apply to you. But tough luck, I'm doing it anyway. First of all, if you want to get a hold of me during the show, there's a few ways. The main phone number is 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. You can also call the Mount Charleston line. Mount Charleston is a mountain with snow on it that is about 45 minutes away by car from Las Vegas. I have an old 70s rotary telephone sitting on top of Mount Charleston that forwards to me wherever I am. That phone number is 702-430-1808, 702-430-1808. No matter which number you call, make sure to show your caller ID or you will not get through. If you get a busy signal, that means your caller ID was not received. Also, if you want to text me during the show, I will read your texts on the air. You can also text me during the show, after the show, before the show, whenever. Anytime you want, you can text me, and I'll respond to you. If you don't want it read on the air, by the way, tell me so at the beginning. Sometimes people tell me at the end, oh, don't read this on the air after I've read the whole thing on the air. So tell me at the beginning, please do not read this on the air, and I'll respect that. The text number is 775-372-8355, same as the main phone number of the show. 775-372-8355. You can also follow along in the chat room if you're listening live. Go to the chat button near the top of the screen. You need a registered account on the Poker Fraud Alert form, and you need a flash-enabled device, meaning you can't do it on an iPhone or an iPad. Uh... I have to let you know I probably will not see a lot of stuff you're typing in the chat room, especially when I'm doing the show by myself. I think tonight I'm not doing it by myself. I I got an agreement from Daredevil to appear again this week. And let's see if he's around. Is he here? I don't think I see him. No, he's not here. Oh, he is here. He just just turned green on Skype. He was yellow and now he's here. I'm going to call him. I'm going to put him on here right now. I, I kind of feel like this is a solo show, and I'm already kind of getting down about it. So here, uh, now I have a co-host, and I'm not down anymore. Daredevil, welcome back. Druff, how's it going? Hello, it's good. Thank on you. On my levels. You, you sound fine to me. Sound great. Okay. So let me uh, let me uh, tell you guys, Daredevil here. He's been a, the guest host of the show more than anyone in recent times, by far, by a wide margin. I will go as far now to call Daredevil. The Poker Fraud Alert, Druff and Friends Show, permanent guest host. He is now our Ooh. permanent guest host. And uh, there's actually a story about a permanent guest host. Uh, I, this will involve two names. One I'm sure you know. The other I'm not sure if you know. One okay. of them is more of a local L.A. name, but he's fairly known throughout the U.S. The one I'm sure you all know is Ryan Seacrest. The other one is Rick Dees. Have you heard of Rick Dees before? Yeah, yeah, the top 40 guy. Yeah, top 40 guy. That's how most of the people who are not in L.A. know him. Uh, But he was – here's the history of Rick Dees. In 1976, he came out with a song called Disco Duck. It was like a novelty song, and it actually charted pretty high, and that increased his profile on the pop culture radar. He took a job with L.A. station KISS FM. That's K-I-I-S-F-M which is now a very well-known and influential station in Top 40. That and Z100 pretty much drive the Top 40 agenda 
you know, if you get your song on Kiss FM, there's a good chance it's going to be a hit. Uh, so at the time, Kiss FM wasn't doing all that hot. And Rick Dees, I think starting from 1984, took Kiss to new heights. And it became the most listened to station in L.A. It was getting huge ratings. They were charging huge money to advertise, far more than other stations, and they were getting it. Rick Dees did a whole lot for Kiss FM. And he, he had uh, a show that liked to kind of bill itself as uh, a little controversial, but it wasn't at all. It was actually very family-friendly. It was very predictable in that it's not going to be something you're going to be afraid to have your kids listening to. It had a few raunchy jokes here and there, but for the most part, it was pretty safe and predictable radio listening. And that formula worked for a lot of people uh, in the morning. And I used to listen to the show actually driving to high school back in the 80s. But uh, Rick Dees got older. And in the 2000s, Rick Dees was already getting up there. As you can imagine, he's not a young guy since if he did anything in 1976, you know he couldn't be that young. So Ryan Seacrest was quickly moving up the ranks, and he had started on a station called Star 98.7 in Los Angeles. But then he started to move up, and they were really considering getting rid of Rick Dees and replacing him with Ryan Seacrest in the morning. The interesting thing is instead of just firing Rick Dees and replacing him, uh, they were very sleazy about the way they went about it, especially given how much Rick had done for the station. Uh, They eased Ryan Seacrest into it, first making him the guest host whenever Rick Dees couldn't make it. Then they assigned him the title of permanent guest host. And Rick Dees was getting pissed because he had a feeling he knew what that meant, a permanent guest host. So they assigned Ryan Seacrest to be the permanent guest host and this is before American Idol, by the way. But they, uh, they assigned him as permanent guest host. And when Rick Dees tried to ask what that was, they didn't give him a straight answer. They kept saying, no, 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 it just means that when you need a guest host, we always have the same guy. And he didn't believe them. But sure enough, they decided they were done with Rick Dees in 2004. Uh, and this is, by this point, uh, Ryan Seacrest did have American Idol. But uh, they decided they were done with him. And... They told Rick Dees, you're going to be replaced. And they actually wanted Rick Dees to go on the air and announce his own firing, <laughs> which I thought was in pretty bad taste. They, they wanted him to go on the air and announce a transition that's going to be taking place. And he's like, F you. I don't want to do this. But instead of saying it directly to them, he decided to troll them and the media, which I thought was great. So the media, who was like smelling blood, and they, they wanted to cover this story. They wanted, they wanted to hear the big announcement. So Rick D said, okay, on Friday, I'm going to have a big announcement about the future of KISS FM. And the media, they smelled blood. They were all excited. Everyone turned on the radio on that Friday morning to hear Rick D's come on and uh, tell everyone that they're going to can him. So Rick D's says... This is a very big announcement. I want everybody to listen up. 102.7 KISS FM Los Angeles is moving to a new building. Thank you. (laughs) And that was it. Like he didn't – and they were moving to a new building, but uh, so he wasn't lying. But everyone was lining up to hear him talk about his own upcoming firing, and he trolled the entire media – and the station by doing this. And, and they were furious. The media was furious. The station was furious. He made a fool of all of them. Uh, so then he told them the truth. F you, I'm not announcing my own firing. 
So then they just, they just outright fired him and allowed him to make a quick recorded message they would play the next day. So uh, he uh, his recorded message they played at 5 a.m. I think it was very shortly after this happened was something like, it's been decided that I will not be returning to 102.7 KISS FM. I love you all. Goodbye. So I, I, I admired him for the way he went out here instead of uh, being their bitch and announcing his own firing and, and doing it in the way they wanted him to. He trolled both them and the media who just was covering the story because they wanted uh, to appeal to everyone's uh, you know, schadenfreude. So. And he went from co-host to permanent co-host, as I have done tonight. So you're saying I'm in saying, a little while, it's the Daredevil and Friends show. That's what we're getting at. That's what I'm saying. One day, someone's okay. going to fire me. Somehow, I don't know how it's going to happen on my own site, but somehow I'm going to get fired, and you, as now the permanent guest host, are going to take over, and I'm going to be forced to come out here hmm. and say that it's been decided that I will no longer be on PokerFraudAlert.com. I love you all. I'm going to have to find a rotary phone to put up on a Whistler. Well, that, that might be part here. of the that might be part of the contract to where you yeah. get the phone, so you're not, okay. uh, or it'll be transferred over to Whistler. Yeah, it's uh, I guess Mount Charleston's too far for you to go, but yeah, they could transfer it over to Whistler. Which, by yeah, the way, it's sort I, of the equivalent. I, I've wanted to go visit Whistler. I've never been there, even in the summer, just for the scenery. Even if I don't ski there in the winter, I've never been to Whistler. Yeah, I mean. You know, it is what it is. It's ski town. Uh, but, yeah, definitely, if you've never been there, check it out at least for a day. It's it's crazy overpriced, though. And there's lots of, yeah. you know, gouging going on. That's for... the problem. So, yeah, you know, the one good thing about Mammoth in California is they're they're not quite gouging it. The, the prices for the lift tickets keep going up every year. But the area, there's still a lot of decent deals to be had in restaurants and stuff because it's just a small town. It's not like a big – they're trying to make it into a resort town, but it just it's just not really happening. So you can – you don't get totally ripped off there with everything like you probably do in a place like Whistler or, or Aspen or whatever. So, all right. Uh, we've wasted enough time with this stuff. Uh, there is a free roll tonight. $90 free roll. This is a weird free roll, people. Really weird free roll. And the reason it's weird is because one of the people who donated wanted it to be weird, and who am I to say no? It is No Limit Hold'em. It is at 7.40 p.m. as usual. It is in the No Fraud Online Poker Room, which you can find near the top of the screen. You need a separate account there. And to qualify for the free money, you need to have an account on the Poker Fraud Alert Forum dated 2013 or earlier. If you have a Poker Fraud Alert account dated 2014 or later, or you don't even have an account, email me, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com. And tell me at least three different shows, things you've heard that are not in the show description, so you can prove to me you've been listening. So if you're a new listener here and you haven't heard at least three shows, don't bother doing that. I want this to be for people who have listened to three shows or more or have been a member of the forum since sometime in 2013 or before. You have to do this before the radio tournament starts at 7.40 Pacific Time. There are 25 minutes of late registration. And here's the weird part. The tournament prizes for this week of the $90 free roll. First place is $28. Second place is $17. Third place is $40? Yep. 
third place is the highest paying place here. You're shooting for third. When there's three people left, you're going to try to bust. You're going to go all in with seven deuce and hope you get called. It's, it's kind of weird actually trying to bust when the other two people are also trying to bust. So it's going to be kind of a weird game because you're going to try to go all in and, and lose, but then others are not going to want to call you because they know you're trying to lose. <laughs> it's going to be really odd. <laughs> and uh, then fourth place is $5. The reason we have this odd structure is one of the people who gave money for this wanted $30 to be added to third. So we got $45 from Reno. $5 from Hotshot74, $10 from I Am Greek, and then Fraser Hart, who made that Howard Letterer I Don't Know video that we play on here sometimes. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, he's, he donated 30 bucks. He's a regular listener to the show. He donated 30 bucks, and he said he wanted it for third place. So I tacked it onto third place, which is going to be 10 and now it becomes 40 so that's the way it is. So I, I think it makes it fun to have this every so often where there's a weird payout structure like this, and you, you've got to modify your strategy. So you're shooting for third. And, of course, then once third place goes out, then at that point you're shooting for first again. So that adds another dynamic to it in that, right. is that uh, you don't want to finish second. That's the worst. Third is the best. First is second best. Second is third best. It's really weird. They should have some live tournaments like this. <laughs> they, they should. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> no. no, I think it'd be funny. I think it'd be funny. Like everyone's like, okay, time to bust. All right, seven deuce offshoot all in. It's like someone like, hmm, hmm, hmm. Well, I have three deuce offshoot. Should I call this? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I guess he has to have me dominated. <laughs> so it's, it's like a reverse strategy, a strategy to bust where everyone else is trying to bust. It's weird. I can't believe you're not on the World Series committee, Druff, with those <laughs> yeah. kind of ideas. Yeah. I should be. There should be a World Series bracelet for uh, finishing third. Uh-huh. The World Series like third place bracelet. TV. In fact, it should be shaped like a giant three. Yeah, all the links should be three. <laughs> so, you walk around with a three on your arm. And say, what is that? I got a World Series poker bracelet for finishing third. I mean, it's... Probably better than some of the other ideas they have at the World Series. Well, that's true. So, okay, here's our agenda for tonight. It's not a 17-point agenda like last week. This is a much smaller agenda. I think this is going to be a quicker show. But that's fine. They can't all be super long. But you never know. This this could end up uh, dragging out. Something else I didn't put on the agenda. Actually, I'm not going to announce it. We're going to do one other, th- one other thing not on the agenda that I'll explain at the time why I did not announce beforehand. In fact, I don't even want to announce it right now. But here is the official agenda. Former 888.com pro Darren Woods, a.k.a. Dush.com. Not douche.com, but dush.com. I think he was trying to be douche.com, but misspelled it. D-O-O-S-H.com. He actually lived up to his name. Uh, He was sentenced to 15 months in jail in the UK for online poker fraud. So we'll talk about what he did. And I will tell you about my experience with playing Dush.com. We've talked about him before on this show, but at the time I didn't realize he was Dush.com. I didn't know that. But now that I know, I, rem- I remember him on PokerStars. And I did play him a good deal. Well, part of Caesars has filed for bankruptcy. Stress part of Caesars. This is a planned bankruptcy. And it's not going to really affect you very much 
as a player at Caesars, but we'll talk about it anyway. Diamond Flush, a well-respected poker journalist, someone who did poker journalism truly for the love of the game, who did not make any money, except for, I, I think she got some donations, but she wasn't doing it for the money at all. She worked for herself. Uh, she was originally writing for Noah SD's Subject Poker, but then Noah SD left to go do other things, and she started Diamond Flesh Poker, where basically it was very neutral poker news coverage. And she was very instrumental in covering the Full Tilt scandal. Uh, she was going to do an interview with Howard Letterer, but after that debacle with poker news where Howard came off terribly, he decided no more interviews about this. And she was so furious that she tore him apart on her site. But the, this is someone who is very much a friend of the poker community and someone who really was a very good investigative journalist for poker and just did it because she felt it was right. She didn't do it for any other reason. And uh, unfortunately, she passed away. And we'll talk a bit about that and uh, what Diamond Flesh's contributions have been to the recent poker world. I'll give a legalization update for California online poker. There has been some news as far as that goes. One of our users, a very controversial user, one who has actually co-hosted this show before, I'm afraid not you, Daredevil, hmm. has beaten a field of 16,500 people to win a Poker Stars tournament. That's bigger than any main event by far. In fact, uh, almost twice as big as the biggest main event field ever. Of course, these weren't the same quality of players as you find in the main event, but still... Uh, tough field to beat no matter what, 16,500 people. But he did it. We'll talk about that. The Borgata was trying to be sensitive to race when they uh, decided to honor Martin Luther King Jr. by introducing a Martin Luther King Jr. Day menu. And you can imagine how that probably turned out. <laughs> so talk about what happened there. Got to be careful when you do these things. It was like uh, during the 9-11 anniversary, I think uh, the 10-year anniversary, uh, th there were various offensive promotions like uh, come yeah. over and golf at our golf course for uh, $9.11. Yeah, I remember some mattress day sales or something. Yeah, like that. And, and also a weird place that a hotel that gave you muffins but only between like 8.30 and 8.45 in the morning. <laughs> it's like, like uh, just really embarrassing uh, 9-11 uh, – embarrassing or inappropriate or both 9-11 promotions that shouldn't have existed in the first place. Uh, this is another one of those things where uh, a business thinks they're going to capitalize on uh, some event and then accidentally does something offensive. Well, I've talked about civil forfeiture on this show before and how terrible it is, how some poker players who were driving from a tournament with cash in the car got it confiscated for no good reason through the process of civil forfeiture, basically legalized stealing against U.S. citizens committed by various police departments around the country. This has been curtailed in a big way. There has been a victory for the people here. We'll talk about what happened there and how things have changed. Bitcoin has stabilized a bit. I, I tell you, after the show, I think this show was very bad luck for Bitcoin, and probably tonight it's going to happen too, just because the show's on. Last night when we started the show, Bitcoin was like in the two twenties or something. Last night? No, okay, last week. Last week. Last week. I'm glad you're here to correct me on these things. 
last week he was in the 220s. By the time we finished the show, it was like 207. I'm like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, then very shortly after the show ended, there was a free fall, and Bitcoin fell all the way down into the high 150s. And I thought oh. that was it. I thought it was going to keep falling, falling, falling below 100 and stopping who knows where. Well, somehow it rebounded. Somehow 159 was like the bottom, and it was like, okay, boing, back up. And uh, then it popped up. Then it kind of held back and forth between 170 and 200 for a while. And now it's actually stabilized over 200. Not that far over 200, but it has stabilized over 200. We'll talk about its stabilization and whether it's likely to stay there or maybe even go up. Well, I've been trying to move my sports betting action off of Bovada. I've been betting a lot on the NBA and Bovada has been a problem for me with the NBA betting for various reasons. And I've tried to get established on a sports book with less juice, with better lines, uh, and also just have a second sports book so I have more lines to choose from. And this has really cost me a lot of money during you know, my hesitation to do this. But I have found the unfortunate situation that it's not easy to get established at a new sports book that's trustworthy and to get money on there. I'll talk about my struggles with that and some surprising things I ran into. Finally, an editorial about net neutrality. Most people are for net neutrality. It sounds good on the surface. means that your internet provider can't just uh, slow down your internet at will. They can't... uh, give you priority access to certain sites and slow down other sites. It sounds like things, they can't block your access to sites. It sounds like a no-brainer that you would want put into law in the United States. And I'm very much of an internet freedom person. There's a lot of things that go on on Poker Fraud Alert that I would not want to see laws in place that would curtail. But despite that, I think net neutrality is a mistake at least the way that uh, it's currently proposed, and I will explain why in the editorial. So that's our agenda for tonight. Free roll starting in 18 minutes, and we're going to get going. And uh, this time, I think the introduction only took about uh, 35 minutes, so we're getting better here. We're getting better. <laughs> improving. I mean, uh, yes, it's true that uh, a sitcom that you'll find in prime time will have its entire episode including the opening song, the end song, which they don't really have much of an end song anymore, but uh, plus the entire content, plus all the commercials would have been concluded during the time I introduced the show, but that's not the point. The point is we're faster than last week where it took an hour. So we're speeding it up. They don't have the level of content we have on this program. Today. Yeah, yeah. Well, can, can you imagine if I had half an hour to do the show? Like I would, <laughs> I, I'd finish with the agenda. I'd say, okay, good night, everyone. See you tomorrow. See you next week. <laughs> I don't well, know I've said they... before, the agenda should be a different show. That should come out on yeah. Monday, and then uh, you do the show on Tuesday. Yeah, I I don't know how they do it. How do they, like, these hour-long programs or half-an-hour-long programs on the radio do it? I, I don't get it. Well, they have editors and producers. They must. This is, this is tough. I, I I think by the time I die, I'll probably spent like, uh, 15 years of my life doing uh, openings and agendas for radio shows. <laughs> I mean, it's probably... Uh, and probably about two years of my life playing the laughter sound effect. All right, so let's uh, let's get going. I actually I'm encouraged to do that laughter sound effect because I have people like Eric Ryland telling me they love the sound effect because it makes them feel like they're they're watching a comedy TV show and it actually makes them laugh. 
So, yeah, I like the sound effects, um, with maybe the exception of the Doctor Evil drop, just because I feel like I'm listening to a Morning Zoo in 1998. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I guess that. I guess like three out of four ain't bad here. So I guess sure. I guess it's better than a co-host that says I hate them all. I wish, wish you wouldn't do them, but I have no choice. Okay. So let's let's get to the first topic here. Before let me take a look at the chat room. Oh, okay. I have a bounty to announce. A $5 bounty on, quote, that cunt hotshot, a.k.a. Ray Bitar coin. So there's a $5 bounty. I'm not sure if the person wants me to say who they are, but someone has put a $5 bounty on, quote, that cunt hotshot74, a.k.a. Ray Bitar coin. So knock out that cunt Ray Bitar coin. You get 5 bucks apparently. Thanks. All right. So, uh... Let's see. So don't PM me in the chat. Just text me. 775-372-8355. Let's see what texts we got here. From the 516, hey, get bad guy on the gambling sites. He knows his shit. Free team MLK. All righty. And then uh, Raw Wolf wants to talk about gold and silver again. I I think maybe we'll have like an an all agenda and all gold and silver show one week. We'll see what ratings Yeah, that's a good idea. I'll spend like the first hour and a half talking about the agenda, the second hour and a half talking about gold and silver. By the way, I'm not available to co-host that week. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry. All right. So let's uh, let's get to the thing about this dush.com. So I'm going to – I don't know if I should read the news story about him first, talk about my experience. I'll read the news story. It's probably more important than my own experience with the guy. So this is the news story. This is from Pocket Fives, which, by the way, Pocket Fives likes to pretend I'm a member of their site. It's the weirdest thing. Anytime I make it deep in a World Series event, they're like, okay, well, Pocket Fives member Dan Druff is now uh, first in chips. They're like, what? Hmm. I've never made an account there ever. But but somehow I'm a Pocket Fives member. Well, probably somebody has made a Dan Druff account there, I guess. Maybe that's it. I'll tell you something else. I don't know if I've talked about it before in this show. But there was a Pocket Fives photographer who very, very much seemed to be attracted to me. And fortunately, it was a female. It was not a male photographer. Oh, okay. But it was a female. And mm-hmm. uh, a younger female. She was uh, – yeah, this is a number of years ago. I think I was uh, like 36 at the time. And she looked like she was in her early 20s. But I, I can tell you, boy, did I get covered a lot that year. There were constant pictures taken of me. She kept constantly going up and saying hi to me, and I had no idea who this was. But uh, she, she was really, really making a lot of effort to talk to me, to interact with me. Tons of pictures taken of me, tons of reports about me, and uh, and you weren't single, weren't interested. I, 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 well, this is what's funny. I actually uh, let me think at the time. I guess I became single. The funny thing is I think I actually broke up with my then-girlfriend like a few weeks later. I think at the time I was not single. But, I, yeah, I, I wasn't really into her. Um, but but she was really into me for some reason. Like I, I, for some reason she focused on me. I, I didn't see her doing this with anybody else. And I, I got totally disproportionate uh, coverage uh, on Pocket Fives for this reason when I really, you know, how big of a name I was in poker definitely did not correspond to how much coverage I got there that year. And uh, hmm. I'm, I'm not sure what I did to attract this girl, 
but but she and I'm not one of these guys who imagines like every girl's into them. I'm not at all. I'm, I'm usually pretty accurate with that. I'm usually very realistic with that, where I can usually tell if a girl is into me or if she has no interest at all. So uh, that one, unless I was really, really, really off, I'm just about sure it was. But anyway, maybe that's where the whole thing originated, where I'm uh, a Pocket Fives member. Maybe that was her excuse to claim I was a Pocket Fives member. I don't know what it is. But they, it persists to this day, even though she wasn't there in future years. Um, it persists to this day where they consider me a member of Pocket Fives. Like, I think last year, really, I guess two years ago now, 2013, when I made uh, the final table of the Limit Hold'em 5K event, Pocket Fives covered it and talked about how I was a member there. So, anyway, here's the Pocket Fives article. According to various outlets, one of our photographers is, is strangely attracted to, attracted to Dan... Dra- wait, wait, no, no. That's the wrong, that's the wrong article. According to various outlets... Darren Woods, pictured, who is known in the industry as Dushcom, that he was known as Dush.com on Stars, has been sentenced to 15 months behind bars for online poker fraud. The UK player was also ordered to return £1 million. However, if he fails to return the money, he'll face another six years in the clinker. That's interesting. I, I wish they did that in the US, where someone has to pay restitution and... Uh, if they don't somehow make the money appear that they stole, then they get extra time. I think that would encourage them to find the money they have hidden away. Maybe, but that doesn't that also kind of create a two-tiered system where, you know, if you're rich from something previous, then you don't go to jail? That's a good point. Yeah. Anyway, Wood's father was also implicated, as according to the Grimsby Telegraph, Woods 29 of Stallingborough Road. I love how they, they do that in the UK. They, they actually put what street you live on. <laughs> That's so weird. Like every, in the US, it just says like uh, – it would just say what city you're from. You know, Woods 29 of New York City. They, they wouldn't say of Stallingborough Road, but that's what they do there. They say what street you're on. So anyone that you may have wronged or that may be outraged by your crime can come uh, do bad things to you. You better hope you live on a big street. Uh, so of Stallingborough Road – Denied 13 fraud offenses between January 07 and January 2012, but partway through the trial, he changed his pleas to guilty on nine of them. His father, Morteza Garon, 56, of the same address, admitted a money laundering matter involving 230,000 pounds. Garon also admitted possessing cannabis valued at 246 pounds that was found when his home was searched on November 16, 2011. Uh... Why is his dad named Morteza Garon when his name is Darren Woods? How does that happen? I don't know. And it says his dad is an Iranian businessman. The guy doesn't look Iranian to me, but I've never met him. Yeah, okay. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, how's it going there, Drew? So who is this caller? This is Hockey Guy. Hockey Guy, hello. Hey, how's it going? What would you like to say? I'd like to say fuck hot shot in the country. No, sorry. You're the one who you're the one who put the bounty on him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Are you drunk, hockey guy? You kind of sound like you're not yourself. I, I've been, I've been, I've been drinking. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I've been drinking. Well, all right. I'm glad you got that out. I said it for you. I said that cunt, hot shot. I said that. I, I wanted. I wanted. Uh oh. The radio in the background, background too. Oh, this is a mess. This is amateur hour here. Mm. 
Listen to this. I, I hear my own show like <laughs> yeah, five seconds. This is what a certain person on this site calls the seven-second delay. There's no delay on this show. It's just it takes that long to get over to your computer from my computer, basically. Yeah, through the tubes, yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, Hockey Guy, anything else for us? Yeah, Tide, Tide wants to put a $20 bounty on himself. But you won't listen to him in chat. And, you know, a seven-second delay and everything. <laughs> Does he really want that? Does he really want to put yeah, it? Yeah, he's putting he's he's putting it in chat. Who the fuck knows with him? But how's he going to send it though? Yeah, I see. I he wants to donate for a don a bounty on him. Like, uh, I I, I guess okay. Fun. Yeah, if there's, if there's a bounty on Tide. Fine, there's a bounty on him. He can he can find a way to send it on uh, whatever way. Like, you know, on stars he can't send it to me. But if he yeah. if he can find a way to send me the money or send it to the person, there's a bounty on him too. Sure, and and fuck him too. Okay. Whatever. And fuck you. And Daredevil. I don't want to leave Daredevil out, so fuck him, too. Oh, thanks, buddy. Okay. okay. You got her, bud. All right. Thank, thank you, okay. hockey guy. Bye. All right. This is it's what nice happens. to be included. Yeah, yeah, this is what happens when our users are drunk. It seems to be an increasing phenomenon with the show that the callers are drunk. It seems that the show is driving them to drink, which I'm concerned about. But Yeah, or maybe you can only stand listening if you're drunk. I don't know what it is. But all right. Uh so, yeah, I guess Tide wants to put a $20 bounty on himself, but he's in Mexico. I don't know how he's going to give it to me to give to you guys, but if he can find a way or if he can send it to you himself, then there's a $20 bounty on him. All righty, so uh, let's get back to the topics here. So about, let me continue about this uh, Woods, whose father is strangely named differently. Maybe his father married a woman named uh, Garoon, and he took her name. <laughs> Maybe maybe Woods took the name Woods instead of Garoon because he he wanted to be off the no-fly list. I don't know. Uh, so <laughs> allegations came to light about Woods slash Garoon's transgressions. I threw in that part. In 2011, posters on 2 Plus 2 accused the then888.com poker pro, pokerstrategy.com coach, and World Series of Poker bracelet winner of cheating. Screen names involved included... Ding Donk 1984 and Salamdofi and High Stakes DB outlined Woods has been creating multiple accounts at different poker sites online, including his sponsor site 888. He was then posing as two different players in the same game, thus colluding with himself and giving himself a huge edge over his opponents. Yeah. Not nice. He used other people's identities to play as several people at the same time and also gained extra commission payments above what he would have been allowed to earn if he had just been using his own name, the Telegraph noted. Uh, what, what they're referring to there is he was also an affiliate, so he would sign up phony third parties that were actually him uh, through the affiliate program, and then he'd get extra rake back through his affiliate program when he just actually his own affiliate. Which right. is not allowed. So that's that's where some of the fraud came in. Is that he defrauded these affiliate companies that uh, clearly stated that you can't refer yourself, and that's exactly what he did. So they're paying him for referring himself, as were the poker sites, and in reality he was playing as himself. So he was doing both things: he was screwing the players and screwing the uh, uh, the affiliates and the, uh, the poker sites he was playing for, and getting the affiliate money. Uh, and he was a he was a sponsored pro there, right? Yes, yes. Uh, so he, I mean, it, it just 
boggles the mind. If you're going to try to pull this, why on the site where you're sponsored? But yeah. well, can't he, you just get an affiliate deal anywhere? To be fair, he calls himself douche.com, so I guess well, uh, I guess go. they knew what they were getting. Uh, the same news outlet added, Woods bought a number of private online networks to disguise his identity and allow him to set up accounts in the name of others, meaning like VPNs or whatever. Uh, he bought different computers in a bid to fool the company's security systems. Garoon helped Woods by allowing his bank account to be used for the transfer of two sums of money totaling 230,000 pounds. So, so what he did is, uh, you know, he needed to play at the same time, and uh, he obviously couldn't run the same client on, on uh, the same computer. So he would have multiple computers in front of him using a different internet provider for each one of them. And to, to really appear to be a few different players. So they're saying that this was a very intentional thing, which obviously it was. Uh, Woods originally faced up to 10 years in jail. He won a World Series of Poker bracelet in 2011 in the 2500 No Limit Hold'em 6 Max event for $213,000 and previously worked as an accountant. So uh, that has happened here. Now, let me tell you about my experience at Dush.com. I played him on Poker Stars in the limit games, like 100, 200 limit, 200, 400 limit. And the thing I remember about him is he was not very good. He wasn't a huge fish, but he was kind of like what we classified as a semi-dunk to where the regulars would not play each other. And then when Dush.com would sit, like everyone would flood the table. And on Poker Stars, because there is a pretty high standard as far as the quality of play, even a semi-donk would be big news and everyone would sit down at the high-limit game. So just because everyone arrives at the table and you sit down doesn't mean you're awful. It just means that you're worse than the typical regular. Uh, I was always trying to determine how bad is Dush.com. I'll, I'll admit that the screen name kind of got me. When I saw Dush.com, I, I kind of just thought, okay, this kind of sounds like someone who's going to suck. Especially the misspelling of douche, it just seemed like it just seemed like a screen name of someone who would suck. I just kind of got used to this over time. Like certain screen names, and there was there were some exceptions to this, but uh, certain screen names just jumped out at me as likely to be bad, and usually were. This was one of them. I remember him not being as bad as I figured douche.com would be, but I remember thinking that he was not going to be a winning player, and that uh, he was someone I was happy to play both heads up. And uh, in a full ring game or a six-handed game. So I played a lot with Dush.com, and I was always happy to see him. Uh, though, again, he wasn't awful. Now, this was Limit Hold'em. It's very possible that uh, you know, No Limit was really his game and that uh, I saw him as a fish simply because he wasn't a Limit Hold'em player. Uh, there were various other players who I faced on Poker Stars over the years that I thought, oh, this guy's a fish. And then I find out later that this guy is a really good tournament player or a really good No Limit Cash player, and I just... I wrongly classified them as a poker fish because they were just a fish at this one form of poker. But whatever, I was happy to see Dush.com, and it was a very memorable name. And it was especially memorable to me because the guy misspelled it, D-O-O-S-H.com. So it's kind of a weird name in the first place, Dush.com. Well, maybe the correct spelling was taken. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's possible. In fact, if I if I still had a PokerStars account I, that was active, I could check this by just you know, pretending to transfer a penny over there. But anyway, I guess he's now Dushcom. Maybe Dush.com was too long of a screen name for 888. But yeah, this guy it was pretty bad. And, and what I'm glad to hear is that the UK actually prosecuted him. 
for for this mm-hmm. multi accounting and and uh, for this affiliate thing he did. The affiliate thing's not as bad, uh, though I can understand why they would have an issue with it, and that was cheating the poker site by pretending he's his own affiliate or pretending he's not his own affiliate when he really was. But the multi-accounting at the same table is really bad. There's, I, I hate when people say there are no different levels of cheating. Cheating is cheating. That's not true. There's, there's various forms of cheating which range from unethical all the way up to super blatant cheating where the opponent has no chance. And you can't just classify them all together. So uh, I'd much rather be playing with a guy who multi-accounts but not at the same table, just someone who has two different accounts on the site that they switch off using. I'd much rather play against a, quote, cheater like that than I would with Russ Hamilton looking at my whole cards. There's no question. And, right. And one is definitely more severe than the other. So, uh, but this guy, this is worse than traditional multi-accounting where you're just throwing people off and making them think that uh, uh, you're not, you know, that, there's two different players with two different play styles, and it's really the same guy. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's really a, a way to trick people uh, or to get action from people that otherwise wouldn't give you action. So that, that's wrong, but it's not anything like using multi-accounts to sit at the same table and collude with yourself. That's really bad. So I, I'm very happy the U.K. took action here. I'm glad they took action against his dad for being an accomplice here because he was. I'm sure his dad... Uh, knew what was going on to some degree. I'm sure his, uh, he probably didn't know the, the full extent of what was being done, but he knew he was doing something shady to process money in his name. Uh, and by the way, this is not the same thing as, let's say you're on a site, but you stupidly sign up and don't get rake back. And then you think, oh crap, all the other grinders have rake back on here and I don't. So then you call up the site, hey, can you give me rake back too? And they say, F you, that's not how it works. You don't get it. Tough luck on you. And you say, okay, well, screw you then. I'm going to just create a, an account in my dad's name. And then you play in your dad's name and get rake back. Well, that, I don't think that's wrong at all. Because you're getting what is available to everyone else and just uh, by a stupid technicality, you can't have it. Yeah. So, so I, I'm not going to say I haven't done that. Yeah, I'm not going to say I haven't done that either. <laughs> Especially, you know, it, it's also, I don't know, I, I thought I was in my rights too because – the site, when it's signed, I was there from day one. I was even involved in the beta testing. Yeah. And so at that time, they didn't have any kind of breakback. And then when it came along, I said, hey, I heard about this. Can I have it too? Nope. I was like, well, eh. I had Time an interesting thing with account. this, with, with Absolute Poker, before the cheating scandals, of course. I was one of the originals there, and I didn't sign up for breakback. So – I'm playing, and then at some point I go, wait a minute, what am I doing? You know, people are getting raked back, and I'm not. So I call, I, I, I contacted the affiliate manager of Absolute Poker, whose name was Gian Peroni, who went on to run uh, Vegas Poker 24-7 and Reefer Poker and some other fail sites. But this, this guy was a cocksucker, and he was very obnoxious to me about it, telling me that uh, there's no way this can be done. Rules are rules. He has to hold steady on this. Uh, there's no way it can happen. Just really obnoxious. Not only was he refusing, he was arrogant about it in his responses to me. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you just say Gian Peroni? Yeah. Okay, you remember last uh, show when I mentioned some guy said at the table, apropos of nothing, that you should buy breakout coins? Oh, it was him? It was him. Oh, wow. What a coincidence. That yeah. is so weird that it would come up. Yeah, that guy, so that guy he, is very shady. So, so, well, uh, he's I, the head of marketing for breakout coins. Yeah. <laughs> that so, uh, pretty much says everything. Fits. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, anyway, 
uh, he refused. So I said, F this. So I noticed that Absolute Poker had some skins at the time, like one called Goal Poker. So I signed up with Goal Poker and got raked back from them. Well, Goal Poker went under, and Absolute Poker agreed to buy all their accounts. And they converted me over. And I'm like, and so they come to me and they say, we're converting you over, but you can't have two accounts here, so we've got to close one of them. So I said, okay, well, close the old one. They said, okay, they closed the old one. And then suddenly I had rake back again <laughs> because the rake back transferred over from a gold poker. Uh, but what was so ridiculous is I found out later that what I was asking Gian to do for me, yeah, they had been doing a lot of times for people. He just was a cocksucker and felt like he didn't have to because he thought I was an active enough player that I wouldn't leave if, if he said no. Right. So, But, yeah, I always thought that was crappy. And Full Tilt, I had that problem too. Full Tilt that, – uh, that was the site I was mentioning. <laughs> actually, I actually – like I said, I beta tested them when their software wasn't even out. And then I was kind of like, hey, I've been here since day one. And, you know, I see everyone else getting rate back. Can I have it now? And they said no. And I was like, well, that's, to me that's not fair because you're punishing your sort of most loyal customers. So, you know, I admit, made a second account. Yeah, and I even say, look, it costs you less because you don't have to pay the affiliate. And it's just not fair that everyone who signs up new uh, through an affiliate can get this rake back for life, and I can't just because I didn't do it through an affiliate. It's just not fair. So that, you know, that's different than being your own affiliate and being paid to refer people when it's really referring yourself. That's, that is fraud. It, it's not of really – I, I don't consider it fraud to uh, play games with who's technically on the account so you can get the same deal offered to the general public. So uh, – and it's not even like a new customer thing. It's just, it's just a technicality. Do you sign up through an affiliate or not? And it's it's dumb, and that's that's one right. of the dumb things these sites did. Where they, I can understand not giving rake back if people don't realize that they should get it, but uh, if, yeah, if, sure. If, if nobody if, asks, I get not. Yeah, yeah, if a regular player says, "Hey, can you give me the deal available to the general public right now?" and they say no, uh, that, that's when you got a problem. So, anyway, uh, going back to this guy though, uh, this guy was definitely very shady, and uh, definitely was uh, was stealing. And uh, and if they're telling him to return over one million pounds, he must have won a lot of money over time through a lot of this uh, shady stuff he did. So I wonder, like I wonder how much he won through his own poker skill, and how much he won through the cheating. And if they caught it all, yeah, because they can't, you know, you can't prove every one of his affiliates was him. Yeah, so and there or he could have done a few it, that slipped through, and yeah, and he could have done it on other sites, and uh, yep. I'm sure this isn't his first thing. Just like you said last week with that poker room manager Ti who got fired, a, a guy doesn't just wake up and say, "Hey, I'm going to start scamming people today." In this one instance, usually it's a yeah, it's a constant pattern with him. So yep. th- this guy's 30 already. I'm sure there's been other scamming and cheating done by him. This goes back to 07. So I'm sure. I mean, there had to be a lot of cheating. I don't remember anything funny happening in the Poker Stars game when Dush.com sat down. I it was basically him and me and a bunch of regulars. Well, they had better security. They had triple level uh, thumbprints over there. Yeah, that's right. And the lasers. No cheating yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah there's lasers. The whole deal. Yeah, I think he was probably afraid that if he did that, they'd shoot him with a laser or something. <laughs> I I think that uh, Lee Jones and uh, their three doors they have in the server building. I think that all uh, dissuaded Dush.com from being a Dush.com and cheating over there. So Dush.com will be in jail.com, and that's a good thing. I hope to see more cheaters prosecuted like that. The U.K. is setting a good example here. So congrats to the U.K. for this 
for uh, prosecuting this guy. A lot of times I criticize Europe for not being tough enough on crime, but in this case, they're leading the U.S. The U.S. isn't prosecuting anyone for cheating in online poker. They should be. That's true. So uh, Caesars. Caesars has officially declared bankruptcy, but it's not kind quite of. as bad as it sounds. It's only a partial bankruptcy. It's only part of Caesars. Uh, the bankruptcy was declared by Caesars Entertainment Operating Company, also known as CEOC, which is a subsidiary of Caesars Entertainment. It was a subsidiary created for the bankruptcy. And uh, basically what they did is they protected the important parts of the company in subsidiaries that are not declaring bankruptcy and, and put the crap in CEOC. And then declared bankruptcy. So this this was to uh, deal with the crippling debt that Caesars Entertainment has been facing for many years now. And uh, so this here's a news article from FlushDraw.net about the matter, written by Haley Hintz. Caesars Entertainment Incorporated's Primary operational unit, Caesars Entertainment Operating Company, has voluntarily filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection this morning in a Chicago bankruptcy court. I always wonder why they did this in Chicago. Why, why not Las Vegas? Is it to make it tougher to challenge? I, I'm not sure what the point of Chicago is here. But However, the filing I don't has... know. They do owe the county a lot of money, though. Clark County. Oh, they owe Clark County a lot? I didn't know that. Yeah, so maybe that plays into it. <laughs> However, the filing has been temporarily stayed by a Delaware bankruptcy court in connection with an involuntarily bank- invo- involuntary bankruptcy petition filed against the CEOC unit on Monday. Today's action took place on the first day of filing opportunity for the CEOC unit, following parent company Caesars hammering out a deal with the primary first lien debt, ho- debt holders regarding a wor- reworking of debt. Caesars beat by only three days a January 12th deadline to get 60% of the first lien debt holders on board with the restructuring of CEOC and of Caesars in general that will ultimately wipe nearly $10 billion in debt from CEOC's books. The CEOC unit is the repository of a large number of Caesars languishing land-based casino properties. So that's, that's basically what they did. They, they, a lot of the properties that are doing poorly were made part of CEOC. Right, which not, is none of the Vegas properties, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I don't think any of the Vegas properties. Uh, not all of the parent Caesars broad collection of casinos properties are contained in the CEOC unit. However, CEOC currently houses ownership for 44 Caesars brand properties scattered across 13 states and five counties outside the U.S. All told, the CEOC remains burdened under $18.4 billion in debt. Today's filing, given the Delaware event, is not as straightforward as it seems. doesn't even seem straightforward to me anyway. Uh, on Monday, a group of distressed second lien shareholders filed an involuntary bankruptcy against a uh, petition against CEOC in Delaware following CEOC's missing of a $225 million interest payment to that debt holder group last month. The second lien shareholder group cr- collectively holds nearly $2 billion in debt and is led by Appaloosa Investment Limited Partnership. The Appaloosa-led group alleges that corporate parent Caesars Entertainment has enriched itself by creating what some analysts refer to as a good Caesars and a bad Caesars. <laughs> with, with, uh, I mean, it's true. That's what they're doing. With most yeah. of Caesars' money-losing properties and corporate debt collected under CEOC in a series of corporate reshufflings over the past several years. I mean, that's really what they've done here. They're, they're, they're right. The fallout between Caesars and many of its second lien bondholders 
led the Appaloosa Group filing a lawsuit last August. Caesars immediately countersued, though that matter remains unresolved and will likely now be litigated along with the ongoing bankruptcy proceedings. What a mess. The preemptive bankruptcy filing on Monday by the Appaloosa Group, however, raises significant complications. Since the Delaware action was filed before today's own voluntary filing by Caesars in Illinois, the Delaware claims assume legal priority. Oh, sneaky. So they, they got that in there to force bankruptcy before Caesars could. Yesterday, Caesars lawyers filed an objection against the involuntary position, and today Delaware-based U.S. bankruptcy judge Kevin Gross, I wonder if it's the old uh, pitcher for the Phillies and the Dodgers, Kevin Gross. Maybe he's a bankruptcy judge now. Uh, conducted an emergency hearing regarding the filing and Caesar's objection. As a result of the morning's hearing, Judge Gross issued the stay against Illinois bankruptcy actions with a judge in that filing, Chicago-based U.S. bankruptcy judge uh, Benjamin Golgar, agreeing not to move forward until Delaware matters are resolved. So I, I'll, I'll stop here, but uh, this is a, a war you can see going on here between the uh, Caesars and the first lien bondholders and the second lien bondholders. So... Uh, yeah, this, the second lien bondholders are realizing they're not going to get anything here with uh, Caesars pulling this trick with uh, shuffling the losing properties over the CEOC unit. So Yeah, it's so transparent, though. I mean, you would think that somebody's got to step yeah, in. I, I think Caesars say, believes they, just, they can just do it, even if it's transparent. I think they say, hey, it's our right to do. We're going to do it. I, I don't know if it's yes. their right to do or not, but they seem to believe it is, and... Uh, did you get their uh, letter, by the way? I did. I did the, get their everything's letter. Everything's okay? Yeah. In fact, let, me, let me read this on here. Let mm-hmm. me read this on here. I, sh- I should have had it prepared, but as usual, we have to uh, produce well, the show. Well, I'll, oh. I'll read something in the chat, by the way. Forum Wars posted a snippet from a GM Peroni interview from 2005. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I'm getting uh-oh. echo. There's a caller I tried to put on here, and we just got a lot of echo. So. Oh. Uh, so, so go ahead. Read, read what was in the chat. So this is a snippet from a 2005 interview from Gian Peroni. At the time, he was working for Absolute Poker. Yeah. And he said, I joined this company because I saw a group of young, bright guys that were putting together a poker company that would be run with the highest moral and ethical standards. My instincts were correct. (laughs) My instincts were correct, and I have not regretted this move for a moment. moment. Hello. Echo again. Hello. Hello, I was calling with regards to a total rewards question I had. Okay, okay, yeah. I noticed that you seem to be kind of the expert on that. Uh, Are you familiar with the 50% bonus email they've sent out? Yeah, we're just about to talk about that, actually. Oh, right, yeah, that's what I was calling in. What uh, do you think the best way to go out about trying to get the seven stars is? Well, okay, I'll, I'll explain that shortly. Uh, I'm hearing an echo on the radio, so how about I just drop this call and we'll get to this in a second. Yeah, thank you so much. I'll okay. listen in. No problem. All right. So I, I didn't want to make the guy turn off the radio and back on. I'm afraid like every listener we lose in some way, they're not coming back. So I, I don't want to chance it. I'm just going to let him leave his radio on and, and go forward. So, I'm sorry. Go on here. I won't interrupt you again. Oh, no, that was just it. And uh, oh, yeah, okay. basically just funny that he's <laughs> he's touting how ethical. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, this guy, he, he jumps around everywhere. He uh, he seems to take whatever job he can take, shady or not shady, 
in the poker community. That's that's it's kind of a, a leech off the poker community. And you know, I I don't mind those who work in poker rather than playing it. That's fine. But this guy always seems to be associated with things that are shady or questionable. Always. And he and he just straight up lied to me about the absolute poker thing. Straight up lied. I I knew others they they did this for. He just didn't want to do it for me because he assumed that I I just would tolerate it, which is crap. And uh, um, oh, I had one other issue with him. I forgot to tell you the other issue I had. Uh, this this was actually worse. At least the first thing you could say he was just making a management decision I didn't like. Uh, the second one I was almost uh, straight up cheated. Uh, Vegas poker twenty four seven was a skin of absolute that I also had an account on, and mm-hmm. I played on for a while before I uh, switched back over to regular absolute once the, once you know, gold poker folded and I got. Uh, oh no, it wasn't gold poker. I guess it was Vegas poker two four seven that I got. Uh, that, that, that was the one that folded. They both folded, but uh, Gold Poker, they just killed the account, and then I went over to Vegas Poker 247, and when that went down, then that got transferred over to Absolute. That's what happened. But anyway, here's the story with Gian Peroni. It was pretty bad. What happened? I was playing on Vegas Poker 247, and I was the most active player there. So I was the highest-ranking player there. Now, they were a skin, which means they did not make as much from every dollar rake I paid as Absolute itself made. But, you know, that's just the way it is. Right. Uh, Gian accidentally did not separate his software from the Absolute Poker Store. Uh, I don't know what oh, was involved points, in, in doing that. Yeah, so you, you earn okay. these points at the same rate you earn them on Absolute. So it's not like I earned too many points. Yeah. So I earned points at the same rate you do on Absolute. And then I went to go spend them. And I, I click on Vegas Poker 24-7 Store. And the same store as Absolute Poker has comes up. So I, I don't think I'm pulling any shenanigans. This looks totally standard to me. Right. I'm thinking they share the store. They have the same point system. So, okay. So I ordered uh, a $6,000 bonus, or I think th- like three $2,000 bonuses. And and I, I don't remember if I had to clear them or not, but uh, whatever it was, I was entitled to the money. I, I either cleared them or we, there was no clearing of them. Whatever it was, $6,000 was given to me. Very very straightforward. I, I put the request in with a store. The store approved it. A human being went and approved it. And I got 6000 in my account. Easy. Not so easy, though. About two weeks later, I noticed my account has a lot less money than I expected. I go take a look at my account history, and it shows that it says admin debit minus 6000 What? So I go, wait a minute. This is on Vegas Poker 24-7, by the way. Like, So I call up support. I say, what the hell? And they say, we don't know. They said, we're absolute poker support. All we can see is that uh, someone at Vegas Poker 247 debited your account $6,000. I go, wait, so <laughs> the owner of the skin can just like steal money from me? They said, well, yeah, he has a right to take money. I go, this, is, this couldn't be a coincidence that he's debiting me $6,000 when I just got 6000 from the store in bonuses. So... What happened was I uh, I emailed them, and, and Gian basically told me – I wish I still had the emails, but I think they're on a computer that's uh, now dead. But uh, he basically said, yeah, I did it, and I did it because this was a mistake. We were not supposed to be connected to the Absolute Poker Store. There was an accident. Uh, we had updated the software. I didn't realize it was connected. So um, you know, we weren't supposed to be connected that way. And I go, okay, yeah, but a human being approved it on the other end. And he says, yeah, that was an absolute poker employee. They weren't supposed to do that. And, um, you know, so I've got to take the 6000 back. 
I go, you got to be kidding me. If, I said, first of all, this is the exact same system as Absolute Poker's. Uh, and number two, I'm the highest ranking player you have here. Uh, n- number three, uh, if Absolute Poker's person screwed up and gave me the six thousand, go collect it from them. Don't don't take it from me. It was a, a points I rightfully earned. It was a store that was connected to your own software. One of your own support reps at Absolute Poker approved it. So don't steal it back from me. I'm the last person you should take it from. He this said, is a, ge- no. a genius system too, by the way. So. One thing happens on one skin. You call a number for the main line. You can't see what the person operating the skin does, but then the person at the main side approves things that you bought on the skin. Yeah. What <laughs> so, the fuck? So, so he and I argue back and forth about this, and he's trying to say, no, 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 I can't. I can't afford it. I'm too, I'm too small of an operation. I don't have enough of a profit margin. I'm, you know, if, if I give this to you, then I've pretty much made no money on you during the time you've been here. And I go, look, this isn't my problem. The, the bottom line is you had a store. I, I ordered a standard product. It's not like there's something wrong with the store and I was given something worth 10 times what it should have been. Like this was the standard absolute poker store with the same point structure. And, uh, he connected himself to it and did not disconnect. I said, fine, disconnect yourself for the future, but you can't have me playing here thinking that this store is available to me and then take it away once I've been already given it. You can't take it out of my account after I already have it. I said, what if I already lost the money? What would you have done? Or I cashed out the money. Well, then I would have been stuck, but since you, since you haven't, I can take it. So he would not budge. And then the cocksucker started saying, okay, well, how about I give you half? I said, no. I earned this. This, I saw it available in the store all this time. You can't retroactively take this from me because you made a mistake in offering it. And so he, the idiot kept arguing with me, and I finally said, look, here's the bottom line. Uh, two things are going to happen if I don't get this 6000 Oh, by the way, I don't think he returned the points I spent on it either. I was going to say, did he have a counteroffer? He's no, no, he didn't return the points. He hoodies and pajamas or <laughs> yeah. what? No, no, he just took the 6000 hoping I wouldn't notice and then didn't give, give me the points back either. And then, uh, you know, so first he gave me back the points when I complained, but then uh, the 6,000 he wouldn't give me. So finally I, I gave him an ultimatum, and I said, okay, here's your ultimatum, Gian. Either you give me the full 6,000, or one, I'm going to stop playing here, and two, I'm going to make the biggest stink about this like you've never seen, about what a scammer you are, and, uh, and, and I'm going to encourage everybody to never play on Vegas Poker 247 ever again. And I'm going to never give up on this. So it's up to you. Would you like to give me the 6000 back or would you like this endless campaign uh, that I'm going to go on to let everyone know what happened here and they should stay away from you? So he backed down and gave me the 6000 hmm. But uh, anyway, those are my experiences with, with Gian Peroni. So another reason to stay away from Breakout Coin. <laughs> anyway, what uh, – Caesars. What were we even talking about? Caesars. You were going to read the... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I read it, actually. But, yeah, yeah. You remember more than I do. So, yeah. Uh, Caesars, they are trying to pull a fast one here. I mean, the letter, that's what we're going to read. The yep. letter from Caesars. This is a don't panic letter that mm-hmm. every Total Rewards customer got. It was entitled, Important Information About Total Rewards, sent on January 16th. Dear Todd... As you may have heard, a Caesars Entertainment subsidiary and some related business units have filed for reorganization under Chapter 11. The reorganization is part of our efforts to ensure our long-term success and our ability to deliver world-class entertainment to you for many years to come. We want to assure you the total rewards remains the same, and we are here to stay. As you are one of our most valuable guests, yeah, me and everybody else who got this email who's ever made a total rewards card, The following are important details that we want to make sure you are aware of as you visit our resorts and casinos. 
business as usual at the Total Rewards Resorts and Casinos. We that's are not open. Good news, but okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping it wouldn't be business as usual. You're right. That's uh, that's bad news. We are open for business and will continue to operate as usual. Yeah, that's the last thing we wanted to hear. Great. Total Rewards remains the same. You will continue to receive offers and comps from your favorite resorts and casinos. They forgot to mention probably reduced like they've been doing every year. Your reward credit balance remains in place. But they don't mention that if you want to get any discretionary comps like food or you know, whatever from your host, you have to spend all of them first. A really dumb system. The tier status you have earned for 2015 stays in place. You will continue to earn tier credits and reward credits for all your activity, even though they weren't giving you the proper bonus credits at the beginning of the year through a glitch in their system. And uh, daily tier credits bonuses will remain the same through 2015. Your hotel and event reservations are secure. Our employees are here to serve you and screw things up. Plus, here's the really exciting news. This, this, this is the thing that the guy wants me to talk about, the guy who just called in from the 239 area code, which I haven't heard of before. What is 239? Mm, don't know. Don't know that either. It's not Canada. It's not Canada. I, he kind of had a Canadian accent to him, though. Don't you think so? Oh, well, maybe it is some weird part of Canada. I don't know I've never that. heard of 239. Anyway, the 239 guy wants to hear about this. We'd like to take this opportunity to give you more. Well, that's always a bad sign from a big company like Caesars that wants to, quote, give you more. Through March 31st, 2015, we are giving you a 50% bonus on the first 50,000 tier credits you earn. So you could walk away with 25,000 extra tier credits to count towards your tier status, and we even started counting on January 1st. Thank you for your continued loyalty. We will keep doing everything we can to offer you the best casino loyalty program. Yeah, everything except telling you the benefits for 2015, even though we're currently in 2015. They, they won't do that, but they'll do everything else. We still don't know what we're playing for, by the way, in Total Rewards. Uh, Michael J. Marino, Vice President of Total Rewards. So let's talk about this 50% thing and, and the truth about it. So first of all, I should define tier credits and reward credits. Uh, mm-hmm. and the, the best way to do this is using PokerStars as an example. Uh, tier credits are like VPPs. And reward credits are like FPPs. And what I mean by that is tier credits determine your status, meaning whether you're gold, platinum, diamond, or seven star. But you can't spend tier credits. They only determine what status you are. That's it. Reward credits you can spend, but don't determine what status you are. So you can have a ton of reward credits, but still be the bottom level of gold. And you can have a ton of tier credits uh, and be a seven star, but have no reward credits and not be able to comp yourself anything. So... Uh, what they're trying to say here is you're not going to get anything directly of monetary value, but for every tier credit you earn, you'll get a 50% bonus up to 25,000 bonus tier credits uh, through March 31st. So you can earn levels like Diamond or Seven Star faster. So this sounds great because uh, it sounds like they're not going to be raising the requirements to reach these different levels. And now you can... You're not going to reach it 50% faster because you're only getting a, a 50% bonus, but you'll get there like 33% faster. So if you earn 1,000 tier credits, now you'll get uh, 500 bonus. You'll have 1,500 instead. How can that be a bad thing? Well, it's not really a bad thing. It's more of a useless thing or a partially useless thing. Here is the fine print. Members must earn at least 1,000 tier credits by March 31st in order to be eligible. So first of all, if you just go and play a little bit, it's not going to help you. They're not going to do anything for you. Second, uh, you will not get these bonuses until April 15th. So if you, you can't expect to just play 
the minimum to make diamond and then say, hey, I'll add you know 50% onto that to make diamond oh, here. So you can't just play up to there and make immediate diamond that way because you're not going to get your bonus till April 15th. So if you want to wait till April 15th, you can make it that way. But uh, that's, that's one crappy thing. Uh, what's also crappy about this, I'm sure it's not a coincidence, uh, March 31st is the last day that you'll keep your existing total reward status. It's like that every year. So whatever you earn, you, whatever you earn the previous year, you will still have through March 31st, and then it will drop on April 1st. So what will happen if you're trying to re-earn something, there will be a gap between April 1st and, uh, and April 15th if you need these bonus ones to reach the level you want to retain. I see. So but, you'll drop down to right. gold or whatever. But here's the biggest problem, and this really affects people who are you know, middle to high limit players who are trying to shoot for things like seven stars. The uh, this is not totally clear, but I think I understand what it means. The typical Caesar is like writing something that makes sense on the surface, but then you think about it, it makes no sense. Listen to this fine print statement. Uh, daily tier credit bonuses will count towards the fifty thousand tier credits maximum. What does that mean? Daily tier credit bonuses will count towards the fifty thousand tier credits maximum. What the hell does that mean? So I, I try to decipher that. Now, daily tier credit bonuses, I know what those are. And that is, like, for example, if you earn 1,000 tier credits in one day, then they'll give you 1,000 bonus tier credits. If you earn 2,500 in one day, they'll give you 5,000 bonuses. And if you earn 5,000 in one day, they'll give you 10,000 bonuses. So uh, that's essential to earn seven stars cheaply is to play exactly 2,500 or 5,000 tier credits in a Caesars day, which typically 6 a.m. to 5.59 a.m., but you should check with whatever property you're playing at to make sure of that. And if you earn exactly that amount in the Caesars day, then you get pretty much triple for it. So you earn 2,500, you'll earn 7,500. But then uh, like, at 2,501... So they're not giving you an extra 50 on that? So, so I don't quite understand what they're saying here, but I think what they're trying to say is that... They wrote it wrong, I think, but I think what they're trying to say is that you'll get a bonus of up to 25,000, but... If you're also earning daily tier credit bonuses in that time, if you've earned 25000 that way, then you get zero. That the total bonuses you're going to get, uh, that you get between January 1st and March 31st, they will subtract that from what you would earn of this bonus. And if it ends up less than zero, you get zero. I see. So if I earn – so let's say I go – here's an example. Let's say I go three days in a row and play 5,000 tier credits. Well, then I'll get 10,000 bonus, 10,000 bonus, 10,000 bonus for 30,000 total bonus. Now, that's, that's been standard. That's been in place since last year. So I will earn the 30,000 bonus as I would have last year without this little promotion here. But I won't get that 50% on anything. I'll get nothing because I'll already earned 30,000 bonus. So now I can't qualify for 25,000 bonus. I've already exceeded it. So for people who are right. higher middle limit players, this is pretty useless. So gotcha. this is more for people who, who aren't going to reach those daily bonus levels and uh, you know maybe you're going to play 800 in a day. Then, yes, you will get the 400 from that day on April 15th. Mm-hmm. So, so the saying we're giving you, you can't get 50% on top of the 100%. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where you can, but you can get it. But once you've hit 25,000, we keep subtracting it from that 25,000. And uh, so what have you earned in, in bonus tier? I think that's what they're trying to say. It was very unclear. The sentence, again, is yeah. daily tier credits will count towards the 50,000 tier credits maximum, which means it makes no sense at all. But no. I think that's what they're trying to say. And uh, so, so if you're trying to earn seven star quickly uh, or, or using these bonus things, it's, it's not going to do much for you.
So, They're really tightening the belts over there at Caesars too. Like, yeah, the comps are going way down. Uh, they just announced today they're closing some of their own restaurants huh. in in some of their facilities, like the the cafes at uh, the Flamingos and uh, the Harrah's. You know that they actually run. Yeah, uh, I think also a couple of their buffets are only open for lunch now. Wow. So, and I guess this is a way to mitigate the risk. Yeah. Because you know the cafe it, instead of running their own cafe where it's all dependent on them, they're just gonna whatever license it out to a yeah whatever TGI Fridays or something that's free money. Yeah, that's true. So uh, this guy who called in from the 239 wanted to know the easiest way to seven stars. I'll, I'll tell you very simply without taking too much of the show. Number one, uh, you want to earn either 2,500 or 5,000 tier credits exactly in a day. So either 5,000 will go faster, meaning you can do more in, in one day. But if you don't want to play 5,000, don't play like 3,500, either exactly 2,500 or exactly 5,000 and quit at that point, no matter where you are, whether you're winning, losing, whatever. And the reason you do that is because then you'll get the maximum number of bonus tier credits compared to the number of regular ones you earn. Because it goes at 2,500, you get 5,000, then you get no more bonus tiers until you make 5,000. So play either 2,500 or 5,000. It's equivalent which one you do as far as the value. Uh, You just don't want to play anything between that. Uh, And the way you get a tier credit is that most machines – I'm talking about video poker. Don't try to do this in blackjack or craps. You're going to earn really, really slow. You need to do it at, at a machine. Don't play slots because those will kill you. Very bad return on those. You want to play a what's known as a full-pay video poker machine. Full-pay doesn't mean that it's even money. It means that uh, they're not degrading the pay table to where uh, you're at a you know, worse house edge for yourself. Than, uh, so, so what's considered full-pay video poker are, are typically the games that are over 99% return. Uh, a good example is 9-6 jacks or better. You can do research. I'm not going to give you a whole video poker tutorial here, but uh, you, you can look this up online. Things of like the, the Wizard of Odds.com has a good tutorial on it or whatever. Uh, if you go to a site called VPFree, F-R-E-E-2.com, then you can search for video poker. You can search for the best machines and where they are. Make sure to always play the best machines wherever you can, and make sure that you get one tier credit per $10 bet. Do not play one that's $25 or 50 Like in Vegas, the good machines are all 25 or 50 per tier credit, and that's not a good thing to do. Uh, unfortunately, the full-pay video poker, especially 9-6 jacks or better, is getting harder and harder to find at $10 per tier credit. Uh, Harris New Orleans has it, if you can visit there. Uh, Lake Tahoe has it, if you can visit there. Uh, unfortunately, Vegas does not have it. And um, then there's some full-pay bonus poker, like uh, which is worse return, but not that much worse. Like aces and faces bonus poker at, at the Rincon in San Diego. Uh, just make just understand that has higher variance bonus poker because you're not only the reason video poker has a lot of variance is because it's very top heavy in its payouts. The royal pays out very high, but you don't get it very often. You get it on average once every every forty thousand hands you play. And bonus poker also has some semi-big payouts, like four aces. So the more big, top-heavy payouts there are, the more variance there is. And variance isn't good for someone who's trying to grind video poker to get to seven stars. What, you most, what would be ideal is if you could just lose the exact expected loss to get to seven stars. I'd be happy to take that. But 
unfortunately, that's unlikely to happen. So even if you have like a – I think to get to seven stars, it's something like $2,300 expected loss. But don't be confused by that because you're probably not going to lose $2,300. You're probably either going to lose much more than that, possibly well over 10000 maybe even 20000 if you run bad. Or you'll win if you hit even one Royal. So, right. Well, with all those video pokers, aren't you losing a, a, unless you hit a Royal? Isn't that the thing? Yes, that's pretty much yeah. what's going to happen. You're, you're very, very unlikely to win, very, very unlikely to win if you get to seven star without hitting at least one Royal. However, if you do hit one Royal, then you will probably win. And that's if you're playing $5 a tier credit. Or not $5 yeah. a credit. If you're, playing, bet, yeah. if you're playing $2 a credit or $1 a credit, It'll take longer. You'll have to be more at, at the machine more per day to get to the 2,500 or 5,000 tier credit level. But uh, there will be less variance because you will not be as dependent upon you, – you'll play more hands, so you'll probably hit more royals. Whereas at the $5 per credit, uh, you can get all the way through to 7-star and never hit one royal very easily. In fact, there's a 61% chance you will get all the way through at $5 per credit and not hit one royal. So uh, you can get really lucky and hit two or three royals. That could happen. Uh, but uh, you have to be prepared to maybe lose five figures, low five figures, trying to get a seven star. But the average you'll lose, including all that, is around 2300 if you play perfectly. And you need to learn to play perfectly. It's not that hard. You can even print out a little paper telling you, the, you know, what to do in the tough spots in video poker. And it, it'll, it is allowed to hold a paper like that. Some people have asked, what about your phone? Can you just have it on your phone? Well, it's kind of a gray area because technically you're not supposed to use electronic devices to help you play. That's technically against the law. Uh, this isn't really electronic help because it's just a list of something you could easily print out. It's a static list. It's not helping you compute anything. But they, the computers, the, the casinos could be bitchy about this. Though they probably wouldn't be because people are always using their phones now when they're playing. Yeah, but I mean, how would they even differentiate? They, they probably wouldn't. But if you really want to be safe... Uh, print it out if you think they probably won't bother you, which they probably won't because they, they know video poker, you can't really cheat uh, other than that one glitch in the machine those guys found that time. But uh, uh, So they're not going to worry about it too much. But anyway, that's the cheapest way is vi- full pay video poker. Uh, how long does it take per day? I found from experience in video poker, it takes about two hours if you play fast to earn 2,500 tier credits in a day, uh, or in one session, that is, if uh, if you play fast and you play $5 per credit. Obviously, if you play $2 per credit at that same speed, then it will take five hours. And if you play $1 per credit, it'll take 10 hours. And then you double all that if you want to get to 5,000 tier credits. So if you're trying to do 5,000 tier credits in a day, you're going to have just about no chance to do it if you play $1 per credit. Uh, you'll have to put 10 hours into it at $2 per credit. And at uh, $5 per credit, you can knock that out in about four hours. So the $5 will be more variance, but you won't have to grind as much of the video poker. So I, I'm going to do the $5. I, I I would much rather not have the variance, but uh, I, I just don't want to sit there playing for 10 hours of video poker. I go crazy. So. I, I can play regular poker for. Tw- I can play online poker for ten hours easy. It's just video. Do they poker still have tw- that uh, diamond in a day thing? Um, I, I'm not sure. They haven't announced okay. what they have in 2015 yet. The only thing they, the only thing they're being clear about now. This is what's so dumb. They don't announce the details of their own program in this same year when you're already earning towards it. 
So the only thing they've assured you, because people are worried about the bankruptcy, is that they're not changing the way the tier credits and reward credits work and the bonuses, that this is all happening just like last year, plus this stupid 50% bonus. So uh, that's a little tutorial on Caesars. I I get this question a lot. How do you get to seven stars? I, I should throw in one other thing about seven stars. There's a misperception with seven stars that once you make it, that you're going to be treated as a baller that you're going to walk in there, they're going to give you free sweets all the time, you can take all your friends out to an expensive meal at Nobu and spend $5,000 and it'll get all comped off your bill, and, and that you'll basically be considered a high roller. No, you won't be. Seven stars, all that does is give you certain guaranteed benefits that are really, most of them are not monetary or, and, and a lot of them are not really related to comps. Uh, you get a free trip to a different property anywhere in the country where they pay the airfare. Uh, You get one $500 meal per year. You get, uh, and that trip, you also get a $500 like folio credit. Uh, You get those priority lines. You get free stays at any Caesars property in the country given 48 hours notice. That's one of the best benefits. Right. But that's, that's regular rooms though, not suites. Right. Didn't you also get some kind of uh, like friends and family free rooms too? No, you don't get that. See, that's the problem. The rest oh. of that has to be done with hosts, and the hosts will I only see. give you stuff based upon your very recent play. So if you have not played much recently, if you earn seven star and then shut down for the rest of the year, the hosts are going to give you nothing. They're going to – you'll ask them and they'll laugh at you. So they'll say your play doesn't justify it or they'll say you're overcomped. So uh, – the bottom line is this will if, if you got to look at the seven stars base benefits and if the base benefits do not excite you then don't bother earning it because it's not going to be much for you there's not going to uh, you're not going to get a bunch of things that are listed there will you get free play offers yeah you'll get free play offers for the time you're playing you know, like while you're earning them a few months later you start getting some free play offers but those are going to dry up pretty quickly and those are not as good as they used to be so just do not get to seven star with the belief that you're going to be treated as a high roller and get all kinds of comps. Just educate yeah. yourself on what the base comps are and, and, and then decide if it's worth it for you. Yeah, like I said last week, the big comps are based on what's called your Theo, which is your average theoretical daily loss. And if you're playing perfect you know, video poker and grinding it out, then that's not a big number. Yeah, it's you not a big number. Big that's, the other pro- that's the other problem, too. If you stick to 9-6 jacks or better and uh, grind it out, you're not going to be – exciting the host too much and I, I i noticed that myself i noticed from the start even when i was playing a lot to get up there the, the host was not excited about me at all they, they were no. they treated me like i was a pain in the ass and i wasn't like a, a traditional pain in the ass like i was hassling them all the time they just they just like right. from square one did not want to help me much because they knew i was not going to generate much theoretical loss for them and uh, i'd become overcome very quickly which means they don't get a bonus for me so yeah i thought you mentioned on the show one time you got uh, ken scaler room no I did. This is back in the days when Caesars was a little less tight with giving things like second room. So because I was oh, actively nice. playing, I could call up and, and talk them into giving me a second room. So yeah, I did get Ken Scaler a room at the Paris for free. But uh, today, <laughs> today there's no way they would ended, give it to me. Ended well, as I remember. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah, there was a – yeah, because he brought that crazy girl Stephanie with him and she threw a, a glass – like a wine glass at his head and it exploded on the yeah. wall and she was screaming and security ejected them. I was very embarrassed. But, uh, I want to talk to Ken and Stephanie. I can't wait till we have Well, they, they haven't show. been talking recently. They haven't, he hasn't seen know. Stephanie in a long time. But uh, uh, if Ken calls tonight, I'll put him on. So, all right. all right, let's move on to the, the next segment here. 
Hope I haven't bored everybody to tears with the. Uh, I'm afraid to even look at the chat here. I'm afraid to even look at the chat. Oh, this, uh, Matos said they still have Diamond in a Day from the latest pamphlet. So thank you for telling me that. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I've never had a Royal ever. That's how bad I run. Wow. I've never had one in my life. I, and what's, here's the worst thing. I've had a few one-card straight flush draws, which is basically the same as a one-card Royal draw, which I've had many right. of. Every time I have a one-card Royal draw, I've never made it, obviously. But I've had like a, several one-card straight flush draws, and I've made three straight flushes that way. Oh. Like, like, how does that happen? Like, I was happy to hit them, but like, I'm thinking, crap. And one of them was like nine through king. It's like just a tiny bit off. Yeah, you're defying odds, but in the wrong way. Yeah. I You'd like, rather have the royal. Like, I hit it, I'm happy, I'm like, come on, how come this doesn't happen when I got the royal draw? How come I can't get, like, it's 20k right there when you hit the royal. Like, like where is yeah. that? Where, why, am I, why am I never getting that? By the way, those, have you ever played those spin poker machines? Is that more variants or less? That it's, uh... You, you can play, like, 20 lines and it. Oh, that's, that's more. Yeah, that's more. That's more variants? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, in fact, any of those playing many lines at once is more variants. Uh, when you play a lot of lines at once, the problem is that uh, because you're dealt the same cards at first and then you hold them and you get different cards from there, Right. the reason there's so much more variance is because if you are dealt something good off the bat, you're going to win huge. Like let's, let's say you get dealt a royal off the bat, which only happens once out of every 640,000 hands, but let's say you get it. Well, now you've just hit 20 royals at once. Right. You'll win or lose exponentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah but and then, but right. then if you get dealt crap that you have to throw it all away, you're going to get clobbered. Gotcha. So that's that's where you will uh, really take a beating. Some people erroneously think there's less variance on these, thinking, okay, well, you know, I've got I've got a flush draw now. There, I've got three chances to hit it. That that's right. true in cases of draws. There's less variance, but in cases where it's just a terrible hand dealt off the bat, then you're going to get clobbered. Uh, I see. So yeah. So uh, I actually tried playing those ones. The Rio actually has like a ninety nine point five ninety nine point nine four return or nine six return, very 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 close to even return machine. That gives you $50 per tier credit. But I even tried it for a little bit, thinking that it may still be worth it because the return is almost even. But boy, was the variance high on that thing. Hmm. So, like, I, I shot off, like, $1,500, and I quit it. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, forget this thing. So, uh, okay, that's, uh, let's go to the next thing on the agenda. Oh, Diamond Flush. Diamond Flush is no longer with us. Diamond Flesh was a woman. I, I thought Diamond Flesh was an Indian kid originally. Like, I don't know why. I just, like, I read things from people and I try to picture them. Do you do that too, like when you're reading articles or forums or whatever and you haven't seen the person? Yeah, I usually do, although I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm sure I'm way off. Yeah, so I really was off with Diamond Flesh. When Diamond Flesh was writing for NoSD's subject poker site, I, I just pictured Diamond Flush as like a, a young Indian kid. That, that's what I pictured Diamond Flush to be. Well, it turned out it was an older white woman. I don't know how old she was, but uh, older. And uh, something I didn't know about her was that she was sick, that she had cancer. I don't know exactly when she developed that condition, but uh, she had cancer. The last article she wrote, and obviously she was suffering uh pretty badly at this point, was in June of 2014, Amaya to acquire Rational Group for $4.9 billion. So I guess that's a good final article. That's a pretty, yeah, big, a pretty big thing that happened. But uh, DiamondFleshPoker.com, if you go there, it's still up, even though she's no longer living. 
uh, you'll see it promotes itself to be independent poker industry news. And there's no ads on there. The only way she would get any money would be if you donated, just because you enjoyed the site. So if you read the mission statement there, it says this site exists solely for the purpose of providing factual, up-to-date news for the poker community. I'm simply a member of that community that is interested in sharing information in the most objective way possible. I've been a casual player on several U.S.-facing sites, but other than that, I have no financial, contractual, or any obligation to any poker site or their principles that would bar me from offering a totally unbiased view of the news, good or bad, that should be reported. That reminds me of me. That's, that's exactly what Poker Fraud Alert is. I'm not associated with any poker site. I will come out with any story that I think you guys should know about, and I'm not afraid of losing sponsors or pissing people off. Or I just I th- say if this is interesting and if it's uh, something that I think the poker world should know, then I put it out there. And that's what she did. And she wasn't gaining from it either. She, as I said, had no ads. She had no affiliate links, nothing. It was just a donate button if you want to donate to her. So I don't know how much she got in donations, but she definitely wasn't getting rich off this thing. She really did it. I be- doubt it. Yeah, she really did this because she was frustrated with the lack of coverage, unbiased coverage from the existing poker media. And truthfully, if you go to the existing yeah, poker media, she's not wrong. Yeah, if you go to the existing poker media, you will see that they all have affiliate links. They all have links to click on to join various poker sites. And obviously, when they report negatively about these poker sites, not only is it damage their own bottom line because you may not want to click on the link to that site anymore, but they will also harm their relationships with these sites they have affiliate links to, and they don't want to do that either. So they really would avoid covering sites that uh, they either have affiliate relationship with or, if, even worse, if the site directly advertises with them. So this was a big problem. This is why there was such poor coverage of the AP and UB scandals in the poker media. So I think the situation has improved a little bit since those days, but it really was nice to have an intelligent and dedicated reporter who would do a lot of digging and really was loyal to no one but the poker community. And, and she mm-hmm. was, and she, she met that objective. Uh, the only criticism I had for Diamond Flush, and I'm not going to bash, you know, talk ill of the dead here, but uh, the only criticism I had for her was that uh, I, I felt that she needed – a second person involved with the site who would actually write up the stories. I thought she was great with the research and had a great, was very principled and, and really was doing what she claimed she was doing. Sometimes the story is a little bit hard to follow because uh, she wasn't the best writer. She wasn't a clear writer. Not, she wasn't a bad writer. Like she misspelled things or had poor grammar. It wasn't, that wasn't the case at all. It was just someone like you read the article and be confused easily. So nice. that's why you thought it was an Indian kid. It's <laughs> yeah, a good point, but no, that, that actually is not why. I just, I just kind of pictured that for no good reason. Uh, I, I like to pride myself uh, on when I write things up on the site. I, I try to think like I'm writing this for someone who doesn't know that much about the subject, and I try to really lay it out clearly so there's no. Uh, and I try to format it in a way that you know you can very easily read it and understand it, even if it's very long and rambling. So I, I felt she could have been helped with that, but uh, you know. I, I don't want to take away from everything she's done. She's done. Uh, she really did a lot of great research and uh, really got very much in depth and involved in a lot of these stories, and and was definitely an asset very much to the poker community. 
and I'm not just saying this to be sweet about someone that passed away. I mean, I really had respect for everything Diamond Flesh was doing, and I thought what she was doing uh, was on the news level corresponding somewhat to what I was doing. So, so I especially felt uh, a kinship with her there. I didn't know her personally, but uh, and this was somebody who was not, as she said, she's a casual poker player. This was not a, a well-known player. This was not anyone who had anything to gain. This is just someone who said, hey, I, I don't like how the poker media is not unbiased. I don't like how biased they are. And I'm going to run a site. She started off working for a site that uh, Subject Poker that did the same thing. When Subject Poker folded, then she took over. She took the reins. And uh, so I don't know what's going to happen after this you know, now that she's gone. And they haven't done anything since uh, June since she was running this herself. So just like I don't know what will happen to Poker Fraud Alert if I die. Uh, I don't know what's going to be the future of Diamond Flesh Poker, but the poker community has definitely lost someone of value. And uh, I, I I had no idea she was sick, and I think most of us didn't. So. Yeah, I I agree. I thought she, it was great that she was pretty much maybe one of the few sole independent poker media. And she actually she seemed to do her own work, just not repost stories from other places. Right, that's another point. She, so, she which really, most she really, poker really, quote-unquote news sites do. but Yeah. Kind of like how we do. I, I rip off uh, stories from other places <laughs> for the show. Okay, call her on the air. Call her, yes. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> who do you think it is? Yeah, who do you think it is? Okay. I was afraid the next thing I was going to hear from this guy was uh, that he just kidnapped Benj- Benjamin and wants uh, a million dollars in unmarked bills. Yeah. I hope you have a very special set of skills. You can get them back. That's a taken reference. I want you to know that I've taken your son. While you've been doing this radio show and you have not been protecting him, I went into your house and took your son. Now, if you do not show up, under the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge on Friday at 3 p.m. and not bring any police, you will never see your son again. Actually, I shouldn't give these people ideas. I'm going to have yeah, someone actually breaking it. in during the radio show here. Well, hey, St- Steve Wynn did it. <laughs> That's true. What about the thing with, uh, with with Frank Sinatra? What happened? That was a high-profile kidnapping. Oh, yeah, Frank Sinatra Jr., yeah. And, and the... And, uh, the Steve Wynn kidnapping was crazy because he only told people about it after it happened because they said no police bring the money in a suitcase to location, and he did it, and he got his daughter back, and then he told everybody after the fact. The Frank Sinatra thing, uh, Frank Sinatra supposedly always had a roll of quarters on him, and people thought that was weird. Uh, the reason he kept carrying it around is kind of didn't make a lot of sense, but he carried them around at the time – to always be able to get to make a phone call at a payphone because there's of course no cell phones back then when Frank Sinatra Jr. got kidnapped, right? Uh, and and uh, so he kept the quarters around to always be able to get to a phone if necessary and make a call. And so even after Frank Sinatra Jr. was rescued, uh, he just kept carrying around the quarters through the rest <laughs> of his life. Yeah, it's going to be interesting too. Uh, the uh, Steve Wynn, his ex-wife, is building a property across the street from him in really? Vegas. So we'll see how that goes. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I'd say there's a group of investors, but uh, she's one of the the big four. So he's going to look out every day. And also it's called the Elan, which her name is Elaine. 
So they're going to be across the street from each other. <laughs> Should be good stuff. Yeah, that, that, that call, I could just, just from the moment it, I heard the voice, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, what, why do I even say this? Hey, call, you're on the air. You're on the air. What do you say to that? Like, oh, no. Where do we go with this? It's like you have too many files, you know? What do you say to that? <laughs> Who knows? All right. Uh, well, uh, I... I'm actually. We're going to make a prank call tonight, but I'm, I'll do the next segment and then we'll do the prank call. I'll tell you what it is. That's that's the hidden thing we're doing tonight. But I'll explain it after this next segment. Okay. Uh, we have a user on the site who goes by Tide, also known as known as Marty, and he and I have not gotten along very well over the years. And uh, amazingly, he's part of this site now in good standing. He was banned for a while. He was unbanned a little while ago. I, I think over the summer I unbanned him. And, uh, you know, we've had uh, mixed success with that. Sometimes he's been a good contributor here. The, the best con- contributions he does is when he posts stories about his life, about things that go on in Mexico where he lives and with pictures and videos. People find that stuff interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he's at his worst is where he just jumps into threads and trolls people for no reason. Like there's like the angry drunk trolling and that gets everyone frustrated. So uh, you never know what you're going to get from day to day, whether you're going to get interesting Marty or obnoxious troll Marty. But uh, he kind of vanished for a while as he has a number of times while he's been in Mexico. And then he popped up again most recently with a screenshot that surprised a lot of people. Now, he's been playing on Poker Stars since living in Mexico. And people were mocking that he's playing $3 tournaments, $10 tournaments, and you know, how are you going to survive on that? And you came all the way to Mexico to play $3 tournaments, blah, blah, blah. So he posted a screenshot, which is a true and accurate screenshot. It's not a Photoshop or anything, that he played a tournament with 16,513 people and managed to win. And amazingly, his payout was... One million dollars. Uh, your favorite sound. Uh-oh. No, it wasn't that. He wishes it was. But he still got a pretty good payout. He, he bought yeah. him for 10 bucks plus, I think 10 plus 1 it was. Yeah, it was $11 tournament. He won $17,180 after a deal that he made at the final table. So he was uh, he was the winner of the tournament, and he got $17,180 as part of a deal. Uh, the official first place was 19324 so he didn't come that far off. Uh, second place got uh, $16,180 after the deal. Third place, $10,733. So, and that was actually the regular. So the, the final deal that was actually made was between him and the... Uh, the second place guy, a Ukrainian named Rhapsody. So he posted that screenshot. He he beat sixteen thousand five hundred twelve other players. Yeah, that's hard to do. I don't care how bad the other players are. Obviously, you're not going to have the creme de la creme of tournament players when you've got over sixteen thousand people with uh, eleven dollar buy-in. There's going to be some awful people there. But the truth is. Uh, it's actually easier to play tournament poker than it is cash games. 
So when, when I say that, I'm not trying to put down good tournament players. I, I'm trying to say that it's not all that hard, once you have a basic familiarity with poker, to be a semi-competent tournament player, to where you're not a complete fish in dead money. Which makes it tougher in these giant fields, even if it is $11 tournament, to beat all these people. It's not like you got a bunch of people who are just absolutely awful and, and never have a chance. You have a number of people who aren't exactly World Series of Poker quality players, but are aware of everything enough and, and basically know what to do and what not to do to where you really have to do a lot to win. I mean, to, to beat that type of field size, I mean, think of the World Series main event. The biggest it's ever has had was uh, 8,700 people. The second biggest was 7,300 people. So this is much more than twice the second biggest field ever and almost twice the biggest field ever of the World Series of Poker main event. So uh, this is not the same accomplishment as winning the World Series of Poker main event for many reasons, but it's still to win a tournament of 16,500 people. I mean, if I sat in a tournament like that, I'd go, okay, I got no shot to win this just from the volume of people. Yeah, and that's honestly why I usually don't play online tournaments because I think he said it took him 13 hours to win. So in these things, sometimes it'll take you like eight hours to cash. So when you play, you know, seven and a half hours and don't cash, it's just like, ugh, torture. But, uh, yeah, kudos to to Marty. Nice score. Yeah, so he And I'm sure, uh, you know, I'm sure he'll – he can't wait to to donate for all the entertaining radio we've given him. But uh, (laughs) hold back. Yeah, Marty, don't send us too much money at once here. <laughs> but now he actually donated, uh, he said he's donated 20 for this uh, bounty on himself, so at least he's giving yep. that there. But look, uh, Marty, I, my advice to you, and I said this on the forum, is you have to take out most of this. Just just take it out because uh, I'm afraid you're going to be tempted to sit in higher games. He, he claims he's setting limits for himself. He's not going to, not like hard limits that are enforced by the site, but like he's not going to sit at higher than 25, 50 cent, no limit. And, yeah, and, that's actually too low a limit. I well, mean, you, I don't I mean, encourage you can play one, two with a $200 buy-in. You're, you're gonna, not going to go broke yeah. with 17,000 unless you're terrible. But I, I think he should take off like 15 at least and, uh, and if, you know, find a way to do it. I know it's not easy for various reasons because he's an American living in Mexico and doesn't have a Mexican bank account. Like, uh, there, there's some issues that are in the way there, but you can trade it with people. Who will uh, you know? Who are reliable people on two plus two that have done a tons of trade and pay you know, some kind of vig, but nothing terrible, and then get the money, use the money wisely, don't shoot it off, and uh, and then leave some money for yourself on Poker Stars two thousand or whatever to try to build from, and see what you can do. But just just don't shoot the whole thing off, or you're going to be sorry. So yeah, I'd also say probably uh, stick to the tournaments. I've noticed on Stars. The, the cash games are just brutal tough these days. They are tough, yeah. But, uh, you know, the, the tournament fields are not uh, as tough for whatever reason. I guess more casual players play tournaments, which is not inconceivable. So I'd say uh, stick with tournaments. Seem like you're doing good in those. So Yeah. He's had a few other scores in the past. He had a, an account named uh, Jockmo that uh, he used once to win $5,000. Uh, then he cashed it out, and it was the, it was like a multi-account situation. But I think it was like the only time he used it. I don't know whose account it was, but he used that account and won with it and cashed out, and that was it. But he's had a few tournament scores. It seems like he has 
some ability in these tournaments whereas where in the cash games I don't think he's ever been successful so I would also say stick to tournaments mm-hmm. it seems like that's where you're winning you just got to stick with what you're winning you know that's, exactly. that's I always say this to people and I, I say this to myself too I say uh, it's okay to experiment every so often to see you know can I do this can I be, succeed at this or or do something at uh, lower limits than usually play of a different form of poker for a change and see how you can adapt to it but uh don't keep beating your head against the wall saying, because I can beat this one form, I should be able to beat the other form. It's not true. And I, I've watched people. I, I've watched people in poker who are good no-limit players sit in the limit games and think they're going to be able to hang, and they can't. They lose a lot of money. I go, stupid. They should they should stick to what they're good at. And, yeah, I, I even think cash games and tournament, even in the same, like no-limit, for example, are two very different skill sets. They are. So. They are. And... So, so for that reason, if, you know, if you if you're seeing over and over you have success in one type of thing, and that another type of thing you keep losing, then stop lying to yourself that you can beat them both, and just stick to the thing you can beat. There's no shame in that. You should just uh, stick to where you can win. So, that, I, if I were Marty, I would definitely stick to the tournaments, and uh, there's a lot of variance in them, but yeah. It's, yeah, but you but online you can play a bunch at once. And... Yeah. Now he did say when he was describing how he won, he said I did get very lucky on a few hands. I have to admit, I, I sucked out on AA yeah. with, with shoving AK, AK. and, and get a four yeah. flush. Yeah, you were you were. It's true you were a, a twenty to one, nineteen to one dog there. I think to, to in that situation, but he also hit two huge rivers. But the truth is, you're not going to beat sixteen thousand five hundred people without getting lucky. There's no way. No, of course. So. So you you can't ever feel guilty when you win a tournament for running well. You're you're not going to find any tournament winners of a large tournament who uh, did not run well. No. You have to. Also, running well is getting lucky. Even if you had the aces every time they had the AK and they held up, that's just a different form of luck that yeah. you're getting hand over hand. That's, so that's it's, true. Yeah, everyone that's who true. wins is is get lucky. So Yeah, So you and there will be the times you just have brutal streaks where you can't win. And uh, – yeah. And so you, you, when you do get lucky, you can't say, oh, I got lucky or you know, almost think like you don't deserve it. You do because it's, it's making up for the times that you didn't get as lucky and when someone else did and you were just looking at some other guy going, man, how does he get all these cards? How does he always hit the flop? How does he make every draw? Like, like you see people like that and you get jealous. And so when it's your turn to do that, then uh, you should, definitely shouldn't feel bad. You should feel like you've earned it. So I, I'm not even going to say, oh, he got so lucky. It was a big luck box here. Yeah, you had to get lucky to win a, win like, a tournament like that. That's, that's there's no one. No one's ever won a sixteen thousand five hundred field tournament without a lot of luck. It's impossible. So, good job, Marty. And yeah, congrats. Uh, and don't don't shoot it all off. Maybe he'll uh, troll me less. In the, in the he's been in a better mood since this happened for sure. Maybe he'll. Well, uh, I would be. Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of trolling of me recently uh, on the mm. forum, like a. You know, anything I'd post, he'd come back with something negative. It, it was, and, and other people, not just on me, a lot of people were getting trolled there. But maybe this will cool down. And I, I can kind of understand this. Not that I want to give him any kind of justification for the trolling, but I've had days where I lost a lot in poker, and I like, I, I kind of feel like going out on the forum and and being nasty to people. And then I stop myself. I go, no, 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 no. I shouldn't do this. That's, uh, you know, people don't deserve me being nasty to them just because I had a bad day here. 
But I, I can see how it's, it, it can lead you to do that if it just puts you in such a bad mood. Yeah, of course, when you're losing, everything annoys you. When you're winning, nothing bothers you. Yeah. Right? That's yep. same old. Yeah, you know, it's funny. There's a story of a Helmuth like that. When Helmuth was on his way to, I think it was the 10th bracelet or 9th bracelet, one of his bracelets. Uh, this was during the year when Bluff was sequestering people at certain final tables so they could oh, broadcast right, it live. Right, yeah. And it was really obnoxious. They put you in this uh, – they follow you to the bathroom. They they put you in this room <laughs> where nobody can watch except for like one family member. So even if like, both your yeah. parents come, they can't come in and watch. Like, and it was didn't really... they take the family members like cell phones? Yeah, yeah. They took people's cell phones. It was really crappy. Anyway, Helmuth, who you knew normally would hate this and, and, and be pissed – uh, he was in such a good mood and laughing throughout the whole thing because he was on his way to winning uh, another bracelet. So he he right. just let it roll right off his back because he was feeling so good. Uh, so anyway, uh, I have a question in the chat from Real Talk asking, did I ever make Supernova Elite? No, I never even came close. I made Supernova, but I, I was never like the super mass multi-tabler. That was never me. Uh, it's harder to do in limit anyway, but I, I never played more than four tables at once and, and usually not more than two or three. So. Hmm. I was not going to make do in limit. Oh, much harder because you have to play. You play more hands. Way more hands and much deeper nice. in the hands. You, you you're folding on the flop much less often, and the hands move a lot faster. So you're, you're not going right. to have like some tables being held up by a lot of tanking. It's like bet 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 call 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 bet ready ready ready. Okay, next hand. Like like really fast. You could never do like ten tabling of limit. It just would not work. I, I once tried five. I was going crazy. So, and by going crazy, I mean like every second it's like popping up to do something, and I, I, I like it was even hard to operate between tables, let alone think about what I was doing. So, let's see here. Next topic. I wonder if Marty's even still around to hear me give him this uh, congratulatory segment here. I hope so. Don't don't think so, but uh, he'll probably hear it in the archives. Maybe. Okay, so. The Borgata, the Borgata, they they really screwed this one up. Uh, they they decided to do something that uh, they thought was a nice promotion. They thought it was honoring Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And uh, it didn't exactly work out that way. This was at the Metropolitan Restaurant in the Borgata in Atlantic City. The Martin Luther King Jr. Special. Uh, that's already something you think is not going to turn out well, but they still did it. Here's what you would get for the Martin Luther King Jr. special that was done on Monday, yesterday. For $24, you get the following. You can choose uh, for the main entree. Now you don't choose anything. This is what you get. For the main course and sides, you get fried chicken. <laughs> macaroni and cheese. Sweet potato casserole. <laughs> and, of course, what do you think you get as your, uh, as your greens? What do you think? You think you're going to get lettuce? You think you're going to get broccoli? No, no, no. has to be collard greens, right? <laughs> and then <laughs> the dessert is homestyle pecan pie. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised they don't serve you uh, Kool-Aid as the included drink. I was going to say, was it orange drink and a uh, side of watermelon? Yeah, I was going to say, watermelon, for uh, you can have that for dessert, too. So anyway, they <laughs> so they defended this, which offended a lot of people. They thought this was feeding into obvious racial stereotypes and that uh, this is mocking the holiday. They, they, they said they meant well, uh, 
And what they were trying to do is serve the foods that Martin Luther King Jr. himself said were his favorite. Yes. But it would have been nice if they'd explained this on the menu that Martin Luther King Jr. Not just put it as a special, but say Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, once stated that uh, the following were his favorite foods were allowing you to reproduce Martin uh, MLK Jr.'s favorite meal on this day honoring him. Then nobody would question this. Yeah. And it, it was apparently a, an African-American chef who actually researched it and yeah. came up with this menu. So it was kind of a nice thing. But when you just put it out there like that, you're just asking for it. It just says Martin, Martin Luther King Jr. special, fried chicken. Fried chicken, the first thing. <laughs> so the Borgata took some heat there. They tried to explain it, but like after this, you try to explain it. it it's a, it, it just People remember this. People remember they think you're just trying to make fun of black people. It's too late. People will just see that picture pop up on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's too late. It's kind of like how Greg Raymer, when he was caught with a prostitute, it was erroneously reported that he was caught with a gay prostitute. And oh, like yeah. later on, they corrected it. But like everybody who saw it remembers gay prostitute. And most people don't remember the correction. So like there's a yeah. lot of people out there that think that Greg Raymer is in the closet and seeing gay prostitutes when he wasn't. He was seeing women. He was seeing prostitutes, but at least female prostitutes. But uh, uh, it's one of these things that's hard to correct once it's out there. So yeah. I, mean, I think I, that would be the worst part. Like if I was caught doing this, that, that would be the part that would bother me the most if they erroneously put me out there as gay when I wasn't. And like if I actually was gay and they outed me, then it wouldn't bother me. But uh, like if I'm not gay and everyone thinks I am, that would bother me because they just have an inaccurate uh, – Belief about me. Yeah, and you'd, you'd never shake that either. No, no. <laughs> I'd walk through a poker room and I'd say, ah, oh, there's that guy who sees gay prostitutes. Like, <laughs> you'd never shake that down. See, there's that other gay podcaster. <laughs> That's right. I bet the ratings of the show would go up then if, we, uh, if that happened. Maybe there I should make go. that happen. Maybe I should, see you... a, I should see a gay prostitute and get caught on purpose. Like, go in something I know is a sting. And then get caught, and I bet the ratings of the show will skyrocket. I, I'll steal yeah, like make a Rick D style announcement and get all the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I have an announcement on this show about my sexuality, something I've been hiding for a long time, and it's time for me to come clean. And I bet the, the ratings will shoot up, and then I'll say, "I'm straight." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've never formally announced this before, but I am a heterosexual. That's true. Never been formally announced. I guess now it has. All right, Damn. so next topic. Oh, next topic is our hidden topic. We're going to make a call. We are going to make a call. As soon as I pull up the phone number, which I should have had ready but never do. Here we are. We're going to call it. I'll just let you listen as the call gets made. You can figure, All right. out, you can figure out who it is. I haven't told my co-host. I haven't told anybody. I, I decided today, just out of nowhere, I'm going to make this call. And, you know, it's the way we do it here. It's a surprise segment. This is something, actually, I guess it will be in the show description, but uh, it's not in it right now. Here we go. Your call has been forwarded Uh to an automatic voice message system. Seven. Uh, okay, I was trying to prank Howard Litterer, but it just straight I to voicemail. So. Straight to voicemail. Fail. I was I was hoping we were going to hear like Howard is not available, but no, we just got the phone number, which I cut. Obviously, I don't want getting out. I was hoping Howard would say, "Please leave a message." 
Please leave a message for. Yeah, please leave a message. Beep. <laughs> okay. So much for the hidden segment. I'm not going to try again because it was like a first ring voicemail. Just boom. Like the phone's He's off. in bed. Early bedtime for Howard. Sleeping on a pile of money. Yeah, probably ate too much house cake. <laughs> All right. Uh, California online poker legislation update. Uh, I had said before 2015 is probably going to be the year of California online poker. Probably cannot play this year, but this will probably be the year that it is formally legalized in California, which will then allow California's uh, very large population, which is over 30 million people, to play online poker against one another. And I think unlike the fail rooms in Nevada and New Jersey, I think this could be a success because there's enough of a population and there's pretty good interest in poker in general in the state. The thing that's been holding it up has been the fight about poker stars that uh, some factions want poker stars included. Other ones do not want them included. It's a pretty simple situation. The ones who are going to be using poker stars software want them included. The ones that will be using other software that's inferior want them not included. So uh, the, the argument back and forth has been, should poker stars be allowed after they continue to offer online poker after the UIGEA? And did they have a competitive advantage? Which they did, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, here's an article from Poker Fuse. You know, Poker Fuse is so strange. You'll see an interesting article there, and you'll click on it, and they'll say, you'll, you'll read like one sentence, and they'll say, okay, well, you need to subscribe to Poker Fuse Pro to read this. And hmm. the weird thing is, if you get to the article some other way, like you Google the same article, then it'll give you a link that you can read without PokerFuse Pro. So I have to admit, I have been a cheapskate, and even though I have used PokerFuse for news before, and sometimes for news that I discuss on this show, I give them credit, but uh, I've never subscribed to PokerFuse Pro. I've, I've gone the Jewish route and, uh, and just Googled the story, and then I can read it again on their own site. I don't even think I'm doing anything like, like sneaky here. I think just for whatever reason, they, they leave up the links. Oh, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have a caller here that I think, I think we should take. Caller, you're on the air. Todd? Yes. It's Brandon. I know. Hello. I'm sorry I'm late for my show. What's going on? <laughs> so you decided to just pop in here. Well, I mean, I missed a little bit of time. I, I stole my show, no? I, I'm, I'm glad you uh, – I mean, it's the Druff and Friends mm-hmm. show. Now. Well, you know what? Tonight we named a permanent guest host here. Not not a co-host, but a permanent guest host. That's, that's what they did with that Joan Rivers for uh, Carson. Well, that's that's what they also did for Ryan Seacrest to get rid of Rick Dees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I talked about that earlier. Who's, but the, who's this permanent guest host? That's a Daredevil. He's on right now. Well, all right. Hey, Drexel. Hey, what's going on? Not much. I, I, I can't do the show next week, actually. So, oh, you know. So. And also, I am I will be in Vegas, so... Yeah, I do need a ride from the airport. <laughs> you know, I, I feel I, I feel like I have my current girlfriend and my ex girlfriend on the phone at the same time. <laughs> okay, so uh, so Brandon, what's going on? Not much. I'm uh, I'm across the pond. Really? Oh. Which, yes. Which pond? Or the Atlantic? Uh, the Isle of Man. Oh, you're all the way to the Isle of Man. Crazy. Yes. Yes. What are you doing there? I'm here as a civilian. But you're you're not shooting lasers at poker stars, right? 
No. I, I am actually in the PokerStars compound, but I'm here as a civilian. Do, do you know about the lasers there? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, you know about the lasers? and uh, Have you been behind the three doors with the uh, the identification, the, the fingerprint scan? Yes, I have. You, you've been behind those doors? Oh, I'm oh, jealous. Oh, wow. For the first time, right, uh, this trip. Yep. Well, wow. it's my first trip here, but yep. I can't believe this. Because I, I just had to dream about this. On the last show, we played their little uh, propaganda video where they talk about that room and, and show it. And I, we were just fantasizing here about being in that room. And here, the former co-host who has moved on to bigger and better things is actually in that room. Not right in this moment, but he, he went there while we were talking about it. That's I mean, good. I don't know why you have to say the former co-host. I miss a couple of shows, and all of a sudden, I'm 86. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I, the, the truth is, I, I, I was just talking about some, this with someone, and they said, look – you got to give Brandon at least sixty-five shows to come back. You you can't him after sixty-two. That's not very nice of you. Yes. <laughs> so what 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 is going on? I, I see uh, our boy Marty beat sixteen thousand people to win a tournament. Yeah, can is you that believe correct? that? Yes, yes. That's he, fucking unbelievable. That is unbelievable. I was I was just staring at this. I'm going. Jesus Christ! Did my, Marty really beat twice the World Series field? I mean. You have to admit, Druff and Daredevil, the three of us can play a tournament with those many uh, runners every day for the rest of our lives, and we're never going to finish. That, first. That's what I felt like. I'm like, like how do you I do think this? That's true. Fucking props to him. I mean, that that's just ridiculous. Yeah. How do you do this? It's crazy. I I thought when I play a tournament with that type of field, I just think I have no shot to win this. That's what I think. I have no shot because it's just yeah, like, yeah. you have to beat so many people. You have to get so lucky. You have to like so many things have to happen. It's just never going to. Jesus, unbelievable! <laughs> so, what what's on the agenda tonight? Fill me in. I know I'm well, late. Well, we're sorry. getting we're getting near the end here already. This is a we had 17 topics last week, and and then I I burned myself out. So uh, this week we have a lot fewer, and uh, we're we're kind of coming near the end. We just talked about the Borgata menu and uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Oh, the collard greens yeah, and the, the collard chicken greens and, the, and the fried yeah. chicken, yeah. Fried chicken, yeah. Yeah, so we, we talked read about that article, but uh, I mean, I, I tend to agree with their little press release. I mean, for ch- the Chinese New Year, they said they have you know Chinese food for this, they have that. I mean, I, I don't get it. I think this world, and I've said this for a long time, is so fucking with this whole PC thing. It's ridiculous. Well, it's getting I, to the point where everyone's offended over something. I mean, do you ever do you ever see that old movie with Jeremy Piven called PCU? Yeah, yeah, I like that movie. Yeah, so do I. One of my favorite movies, great movie. It's just like that. I mean, everyone just has to bitch about something. I mean, really? I mean, I don't get it. I I agree. Too big big of a deal was made out of it. I do think also that you know, knowing this would happen, the Borgata made a mistake by not putting a small explanation at the top of you know Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, once stated that these were his favorite foods to honor him. We're having this as our menu. Yeah, but I'm saying, okay, you take away the whole black element. Chinese New Year, they're serving shrimp with the heads on it and whatever the, the you know they eat. No one's saying nothing. I mean, you have you ever been in Vegas during Chinese New Year? I mean, it's, yep. it's they just every casino, or yep. at least the ones that have a, a tremendous amount of baccarat action. The whole place is just turned around and catered to to the Asian clientele. I That's mean, true. The restaurants, the menus, they have uh, Asian these little Chinese candies. Uh, on the on the baccarat tables and fruit. I think what is it? Oranges that are lucky. Is, is orange the fruit? Yep, yep. Yeah, they have oranges on it, and no one says nothing. I mean, yep. it, it, they've literally. I remember. I think it was last year. I happened to be at the Palms during it, and literally the whole buffet at the Palms, which which it, it 
truly sucks anyhow. But the whole the whole buffet at the Palms for that entire week or however long Chinese New Year is was just made to cater to Orientals. And I and of course I'm not insulted. I mean I, I didn't you know I mean it, it just doesn't make sense. I don't get it. By the way, you know, uh, with the obsession the Chinese have with the number eight, I made a mistake. I had a phone number when I lived in Riverside, California. I had a phone number 684-8888, and I didn't realize at the time about the eights and the Chinese people. I probably could have sold that thing when I moved out of Riverside for a lot of money. Wow. Also, Caesars, in their infinite stupidity, didn't realize the obsession they have with the number four, which is the opposite because four is a homonym for death. In uh, Chinese culture, and so when they renamed the Imperial Palace the Quad, meaning four, <laughs> none of them would play there, which is partly why they had to rename it. Oh, really? I thought they were just trying really? to. I thought yes. they were just trying to incorporate that link with it. And the... no, 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 no. Part, yeah, the, they they had to change it. Just like if you look at the modern casinos, your wins and the arias and that, they don't have a fourth floor because four to them is the same as thirteen ah, to us. Baccarat right. table has no fourth position; it goes one, two, three, five. Right. They're ah. very superstitious about four. So you name a casino quad meaning four, they're not going <laughs> to touch it. I thought the quad was a dumb name anyway. It makes well, you think of just like a, well, an area yeah. in a college. I mean, you gotta be honest, I'm not sure they could have called it the uh, Macau whatever Express, and no one's. I mean, it's not like you're going to get a lot of Asians at the quad. Well, I mean, yeah, they, they, could, they could have called it the, the Super Lucky Elephant Jasmine Eight 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 Casino. They wouldn't have gotten the, the Asians. <laughs> Jesus, unbelievable! But just shows you the level of genius over there at Caesars. Yeah, but now, Druff, we we had a text uh, earlier. I think it was right after the New Year when you were here at in Vegas at a secret location. With uh, talking about Caesars and the fact that people weren't getting tiers and bonuses, was any of that resolved? Yeah, it was. They were just slow with it. They, uh, it, it was resolved. You are getting. In fact, we read a. Did you get the email from them? Oh, the, that nothing's going to change, but we're yeah, in bankruptcy. Yeah. Yeah, I got so, so yeah, they they did yeah. give her when they're. Yeah. Tier bonuses retroactively, but uh, as I was saying on this show, this whole thing about the fifty percent—it uh, looks like it's not going to help players like you and I because uh, it looks like though their fine print was very unclear, and as usual, you can't understand what they're trying to tell you. But it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. But it looks like that whatever you earn in your daily tier credit bonuses, that they subtract from your potential of how many you can earn from this 50% thing. So once you've earned 25000 in tier credit bonuses normally, that you're not eligible for anything. That's kind of what it looks like to me. And what is what is your uh, situation now? Are you seven-star just until the end of the year? Yeah, I'm seven-star until March 31st, and I'm, I'm probably going to re-earn it, but I, I, you know, I haven't uh, yeah. totally decided on that. So uh, I read your little analysis uh, on the plane, believe it or not, of M-Life versus... Uh, uh, see, uh, Caesar's, total yeah. reward, yeah, and uh, you you're pretty spot on. Um, oh, thank you. I, 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 you know what, for all the fail that CET, I don't think there's a better uh club program in, in any casino in Vegas. No, there isn't I mean, now, for the base rewards for sure. You're getting the best out of uh Caesar's properties, but, but I mean, just the fact that you get room, yes. I mean, even like middle diamond players, you just I know people that literally just. Every year, do the di- or do the uh, what do you call it? The diamond in a day, just for the rooms, and even you know they may not get Caesars all the time, but they get their Planet Hollywood and their Rio, and they they get all but the. the thing is, those, those aren't guaranteed. Is the problem that's not related to being diamond? That's related just to your play. And it is true that Caesars properties are more generous than other properties as far as uh, giving you rooms for free. 
But uh, none of that's guaranteed. Just whenever the computer decides you can have it. The good thing about Seven Stars that the, none of the other programs do at any other casino is that you can get rooms anytime, anywhere for free as much as you want, provided you have at least two days in between four-day right. reservations. Right. But what I'm saying is I have a friend that, that uh, works for Poker Stars and has rather big breasts. And she got <laughs> she's got diamond in a day. <laughs> she's gotten diamond in a day like the last three years. And all she doesn't play at you know Caesar's properties the rest of the year, but yet she constantly still gets rooms that she usually gives her friends and family and people from across the pond when they come to this side, but uh, doesn't even play. Well, yeah, and, and that's what it is. It's not so much the diamond again. It's it's just that uh, they it takes a long time from when you earn free room when you earn like you make a lot of play at once, which she does to get diamond in a day. She earns right. a lot. She does a lot of play at once, and the system remembers that. And it takes a long time for it to decide you're not playing anymore and stop giving the free rooms. The offers start to go downhill, yeah. but the the free rooms are the last to go. I, I have a gold card, and I get free rooms. Yeah. So. Wow. Now, now, rumor has it I'm not gonna, you know, go past the whole personal boundary family thing issue, but rumor has it that Benjamin's mom is now regarded as a pretty big high roller at CET from what I hear. Yeah, well, she uh, she does have a, a card there, I'll say, and uh, she has gotten a few things for them. That is true. <laughs> now, does she play Bacher or is she more of a sick bow player? <laughs> She's grinding the Kino, obviously. Yeah. That's cute. Now, she's, That's actually, cute. she's actually one of the best shooters there at craps. Oh, is that, yeah. Everyone, everyone nice. can't, uh, can't wait to see her with a dice in her hand. And, That's funny. And, you know, Benjamin's kind of hiding under the table where the gaming can't see him. So, listen, I've been playing on uh, Bovada for about the last week or so on and off, and there are some really good games on there. Well, if you've been playing Limit Hold'em, you've probably been No, no, no. I, I, I'm, I am such a dog in that game these days because I just I haven't uh, at least online. I played a lot of uh, Commerce. We can talk about that later. I was there for uh, New Year's Eve. spent New Year's Eve... At, at commerce. commerce. Oh wow! So what happened there? Um, well, I, I was I was out there for about a week, but my intention of going out there was to see uh, Florida State play my college um, in the uh, first ever national championship, which we obviously got demolished by Oregon. But uh, I don't know. Commerce is what maybe like twenty minutes, twenty five minutes from Pasadena, so I stayed there. Believe it or not, what do you think? The rate, and I, I couldn't believe this. It was preposterous because I was looking all over L.A. for hotels. So this is New Year's Eve. What do you think the rate at Commerce was? And I just called. I didn't know anybody. My connections that I've I, known I think for I even feel they're just charging. You talking about like the poker rate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The poker rate. I, I think I they just charge like they're, five, they're, for five they're, nights. But I, December thirty first. What do you think it costs? I think they were just stupid and probably charging the same uh, rate they would any it night. A, so it was one hundred thirty dollars. I, I was about to say one thirty. I was about to say one thirty nine. Yeah, one hundred thirty dollars on New Year's Eve. Yeah, they screwed up and didn't uh, raise the price. Yeah, and I, I guess uh, three fifty. Who do you think <laughs> the first person I embraced in two thousand and fifteen was? Mark Newhouse. Yeah, very good. I got it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yep. I mean, it's, that's, there, an easy guess. There, uh, that's an easy guess playing, for commerce there. I was playing 2550 PLO, and he was at the table right next to me, grinding out uh, 100, 200. You know, I, I grind out uh, 3060 on, on Bovada, but for some reason it makes me sad to think about uh, Mark Newhouse grinding out 100, 200. Even though I do it too. I just, uh, it makes me sad because I, I, I think he, was, he thought he was going to escape from that. Well, you know what? I mean, the thing is, obviously, you know this, and you know it was even reinforced when I talked to him. 
Uh, games that are bigger, they don't go. I mean, they're just they're, that's it. You know, no, I know that. I know, I know that. But I'm not saying yeah. that uh, he's he's forced to play down there. Uh, he he seemed to say that he was going to stop grinding like that. That that was it. He was going to you know once, once he had yeah. the big money, he was going to be done with that. And maybe just play tournaments or whatever. Uh, but then he didn't win the huge money. He just won the you know seven hundred whatever thousand. Without, without giving up too much information that he I maybe not would he wouldn't want me to release. He did mention in our conversations that he was closing. I think with uh, early in February on. Uh, I think it was a condo in downtown. So I think, yeah, he said it was in downtown, but like a nice area, I guess. What are they doing in L.A.? Are they doing the whole refurbishing downtown and making it like they kind of did in Vegas, trendy and all that? Well, there's there's doing? been some motion towards that for a while. I mean, even starting with Staples Center. Uh, but uh, it's never fully gone that way. And, and it's a, a large area compared to some other downtowns. The L.A. is a big city. So uh, I, I don't know where in downtown he's going to be. Yeah, and there's still some bad areas over there, and still some areas that are yeah, that are decent. But yeah, he says he was closing on a place. I mean, Christ, he's lived at Commerce. Basically, that's been his home since 2006. Yeah, I know. I mean, can you imagine yeah. that, hmm. like for eight years. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Living there for eight years. I mean, you know, you travel for a couple of weeks here and there to Vegas or somewhere else, but that was his home for eight yeah, years. Yeah, I know. It was weird. He had some kind of weird deal going on with them. He, he wouldn't even tell me what it was. He just said he had some deal going on. And... Well, I, I'm sure they give him the room for free because he's done interviews and, you know, he always mentions that that's his home casino. And Well, you know, I, mean, I mean before that, before he was as well-known. Not, oh, not really? these days. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I always assumed he was kind of like the John Robert Blanc of, you know, uh, uh, free commerce you know, rooms. Well, yeah, you know, John Robert like got some deal where he lived at Aria Free for a year, and he got some per diem. Uh, I think what was it? I don't know. Two years ago, I don't know if he's still doing it now. I but, think that was uh, also the the Jamie Gold Tropicana poker room deal. He was living there. <laughs> I didn't so know that. A, now he's on a boat. Now he's on the, on the fail boat. The old the fail boat <laughs> of fail boats. Even the, even the marketing video of that boat was depressing. Yeah. That's amazing. Like you watch the marketing video, you, you don't even see like upbeat people and, and you want to go there. Like it looks like a, a depressing fail boat even from the, the marketing video. Mm. They didn't say the cruise was going to be top, top notch. <laughs> no? So uh, while I was at Commerce, I was there for five days and uh, I played mainly PLO, but I pay, played PLO 2040 uh, limit hold'em and 4080. Every day that I was there, Mimi Tran was in the 2040 game, grinding it out, buying in for you know every each time I saw her buy in it was five hundred dollars. And I'm not I'm not trashing her play. She actually plays pretty good, you know, just kind of ABC, uh, yeah. not too tricky or sophisticated. But then you know, it just made me think going back to uh, season one. And I'm, of course, I'm sure she was staked of high stakes poker. And there was you know, I actually watched this a couple of weeks ago uh, on my iPad and. For those of you that haven't seen it in a while, some of those first couple seasons are really, really good. Yeah. Um, but uh, season one, she ends up winning. It was like $450,000 she won. She was the biggest winner. And it's just funny to see her years later, she's grinding the 2040 game. And it's pretty obvious she's broke. Um, I mean, I would guess. I don't, I don't know. You know, I, I looked her up online while I was there, actually, and she didn't have any tournament caches except for like, you know, $100, $200 buy-in tournaments the last couple of years. You know, nothing from the WSOP, but uh, it's just interesting seeing just, you know, a lot of people there. I saw Barry Greenstein there. He was there every day, and 
you know, there's been rumors, I guess, for a really long time about his financial status. Well, yeah, he's, well. he definitely was broker close to it. But Barry, also, I noticed about him, he he got to look really old for his age. He doesn't look good. I was just going to say that he does. He looks like father time caught up with him really fast. Really fast. Yeah, it really changed quickly with with how old he looked. Uh, it was it really amazed me of how quickly he aged, and it corresponded with around the time when he was said to be struggling financially. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I think it must have really stressed him out and made him age. Kind of, kind of similar to like, uh, um, like like Jimmy Carter while he was in office aged tremendously because it was so stressful of, of what he went through there. So uh, you're in a stressful situation for several years in a row, and it could really do a number on you, especially once you're already. Well, look at look at Clinton too. I mean, you know, do you remember the eight years it aged him pretty well? Yeah, yeah. And even Obama's starting to look older, too. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. true it's eight years, which is a lot of time, but but uh, it seems like all these presidents come out looking more than eight years old, more than eight years older than they were when they first took office. Yeah. But uh, anyhow, so I was there for five days, and uh, I, I'm probably going back with Jeannie to play some prelim events uh, in the LAPC. I'm going to play like the $1,000 horse, $1,000 or eleven hundred dollar horse. There's eleven hundred dollar PLO. There's eleven hundred dollar Omaha eight or better. But uh, I don't know, man. After and you, and you can tell me how you feel. After being there for five days, I just had enough. I felt dirty and yeah. nasty, yes. and everyone yes. there is so so negative. And they yes, are, I, I mean, see this I, too. I saw more yes. fights in in my brief time there than probably a year at the Bellagio. <laughs> That's how I, I I say this all the time. I say this all the time. Commerce, everyone's pissed off. Even the winning players are pissed off. Everyone says they're pissed off the whole time. Everyone's in a bad mood. Everyone yells at the dealer. Uh every, it, it's it's just this like angry environment and you just I I, I say yeah, I can stand commerce in small doses. Like I I can look forward yeah. to it and go there and then once I've been there a while, I think okay, I got to leave and not come back for a while. Yeah. I think it trickles to the staff too, because anytime I've been there, they seem kind of surly. That can happen too. It depends. Uh, there's a lot of favoritism too. Used all day. But. Yeah, it's like I, I do notice the Bellagio. While it does have its issues as well, it is a much more relaxed environment. The, the players seem happier. Uh, of course, the rake is less too, which is nice. But I, I don't get that that same sort of like stressed feeling at the Bellagio as I do at Commerce. Yeah, same thing. Also, it doesn't. Uh, I've only played at the bike in commerce, but they, they just the rooms felt dirty, like literally yeah. dirty. Com- commerce, I felt filthy. Even yeah. the even the hotel rooms, I felt filthy. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. You know what? When I've stayed in the hotel there, it's only been a few times, and it's only when I've been so exhausted that I cannot drive back. You know, this short distance I got to drive back. So, um. I- it's been okay for me because I, I'm, like, so exhausted I just hit the bed and fall asleep immediately and then get up and leave. So, like, uh, if it's that, you don't care if the room is crappy or not. But uh, it's also been a number of years since I've been in the rooms there. They used to they used to go for $79 the poker rate with no tax. So that was actually much more enticing to stay overnight there and sleep than now when it's, like, 130 129 or whatever it is. Uh, it's like, yeah, if, if you're uh, – on New Year's, that's a great deal. Uh, or if you're from out of the I area, that's fine. It. If you're from out of the area, that's that's fine too. Uh, but if you're if you can drive, you know, fifty miles back to where you live, uh, you think, ah, who wants to spend one hundred twenty nine dollars? Like, I don't know. I, I just uh, then I don't want to do it. Yeah. It is interesting how the city of commerce doesn't charge any tax to them though for the hotel rooms. 
Really? I didn't. I didn't I, yeah, I didn't even know that. <laughs> or at least they didn't when I stayed there. Maybe <laughs> it's changed, but back then it was no are, tax. Are there no uh, resort fees in California? <laughs> they, they don't charge that either. But yeah, it's a. But yeah, it used to be a great deal when the, the hotel was new. They built an O two. So like I would stay there in like 02, 03, 04, whatever, $79, no tax, and the rooms were, were new. So it was it was a good situation there. So It's funny, though. Well, that is funny they don't raise for New Year's. Someone screwed that one up. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I looked around, and Christ, I mean, I, I – you know, I don't mind spending some money, but, you know, everything was so jacked up, even like Howard Johnson's and, you know, Marriott courtyards and, and passes, you know, we're going for like three to 400. <laughs> it's just, you know, and I'm like, shit, commerce, 160, I mean, or 139 or 36. How can you beat that? Yeah. I mean, just great deal. Yeah. And but, uh, uh, here's a question about, did you play poker on New Year's? Like, did you play it on December 31st at night and then after yeah, the New Year's? Day? Okay. I was literally... At a twenty-five fifty PLO game, right when the clock struck midnight. Okay, so Mike Carroll reported many years ago. I don't know if this is true anymore, but he reported many years ago at Hollywood Park that he was playing in a uh, very good twenty forty limit hold'em game. Everybody was wild. Everybody was throwing their money around. He was doing very well. And then, as soon as January first hit, the game went to crap. And he said he theorized that people decided for the new year they don't want to start off badly, and they kind of made some little resolutions in their head, I'm not going to lose as much gambling, and the whole attitude of the game changed. Did you notice anything like that? No, not at all. Okay. No. No. I mean, it seemed weird to me, but that was my Caro's story. Yeah. Also, wouldn't you think the people only, are drinking only, New Year's Eve? The, the only thing – it's actually funny you mentioned that because the only thing that I heard anybody say – and this was in a 2040 limit game, uh, maybe about four hours before New Year's. Big black guy, uh, seemed like a nice guy, just big black guy. I guess he's a regular there because everyone knew who he was. He announced repeatedly that he was no longer chopping. That was one of his uh, <laughs> resolutions for 2015. And he kept telling everyone that would you know, sit down who knew him as of 2015, he would no longer chop. And he was always playing. <laughs> Yeah. I had an interesting experience uh, four years ago on the New Year's from 2010 to 2011. Uh, I had played earlier in the evening heads up against someone 3060 there in Bovada and just got clobbered, lost 6K, just ran awful, and, and I quit, and I was frustrated. Uh, Benjamin's mom that night was very tired, and she barely made it to midnight and then went immediately to sleep. Benjamin was a little infant then. He was only two months old, so he was sleeping a whole lot, as infants do. I was the only one up after midnight, so I, by myself at this point, I decided to open up Bodog again. I sit down by myself and wait. Someone sits with me, absolutely awful player. I, I, I clobber him super fast. Then some other people sit down. Every single person who sits with me, and at one point we had like a four-handed game, every single person who sat with me was absolutely terrible and I, I, I was beating everyone so hard and busting player after player after player. And I won 10K in not that long of a time. They're playing 30-60 in one table. Wow. Uh, the theory I had was that uh, – and this is people throughout the country, so somewhere on the East Coast too. But my theory was that people got drunk and opened up the software at that point you know, after the New Year hit. And at that point, I was playing with drunk people because they had like a really weird play style, a lot of them. Not a good weird play style, like a bad weird play style. 
but like not a, it, it was it was amazing that every single player that sat with me was was terrible and uh so that that really rescued my night where I started off losing 6k and then I win 10k back at right after midnight so uh that was an interesting experience so I it, since I came back to Bovada a few months ago I said you know I'm going to try this again so uh the funny thing is the games were really good shortly before midnight then I quit because I wanted to watch the fireworks uh you know, from my room at Caesars, the Vegas fireworks, which were pretty nice. And uh, then after everybody went to sleep, I, I turned on Bovada again, expecting the same thing, and the games weren't good. Hmm. Yeah, probably just random, but yeah, they weren't good. So in general, like I said, I, have, I haven't even played uh, Limit Hold'em for any significant stake since Black Friday Online. That's why I would just oh. have to say I'm, I'm a significant dog uh, even though you know that's how you know what, what I played the majority of my time online back in the day. How how are the games on Bovada? Uh, you know the it's 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 uh, it's up and down. It's, uh, you can have some uh, very good games there. You can have some okay. You can have some bad. It's it's really a mixture. It depends on who's there. It depends if you got the good players with you there. It depends if you got the bad players. It depends if you got the okay players. Like like uh, and you never know who's there at the beginning. So you got to kind of feel it out since it's anonymous. So I I've had some games where. It's like me and four awful players, and I just crush everyone, provided I run at least okay. I, I've had some other games. Right. I'm sitting there with five players who I can tell are all pretty good, and I just quit. But it, it takes a little while to to see that. So it's, it's, it's a mixture. Is Bovada the only site these days that has uh, the anonymy? Yes. The anonymity of uh, no, there's, no, there's okay. another one, but, but like it has both where anonymous and non-anonymous tables, another network, I think the microgaming or something. But uh, Bovada, they are the biggest U.S. facing site. Period, legal or otherwise, they are wow. the biggest, and uh, they do pay reliably. Uh, there's some maddening things with getting paid that I, I won't bother going into. But uh, tell me, because I have now, I have about six thousand dollars on there. Okay, well you're you're going to want more than that if you're playing any appreciable. Well, limited. no, I'm not. Ca- I'm not cashing out, but I just you know if I at this point. But if I run it up more, I'm going to. What What are the problems of cashing out? That's oh, it's not the, problems. You, you, can, you, can, you can get wires. You can get checks. It's just the, you know, there's fees. Then the the wires they they will do up to ninety five hundred, but you'll lose money in the uh, the exchange rate because they don't wire you American money. So there's there's annoying things like that, and they charge you. They give you one free payout per month, and then after that, you're paying fifty dollars each. And uh, that's. That's the company when they were actually Bovada, or I'm sorry, when they were Bodog, that they sent everyone an email saying, and make sure you go to, when you go to Western Union, don't mention this is from a gambling site. Yeah, no, they, they, <laughs> like they, they, they still said that. that. They told me that in September when I deposited there, but uh, you, there's no more Western Union. That's been done away with, too, because Western Union's really clamping down on the gambling deposits, really clamping down hard. Well, I'm sorry, there's no Western Union for deposits or for no. withdrawals? Deposits. Deposits. Are you sure? Yep. The, yep. I, I, did one, I did one of the last ones, actually. I, I barely got in under the wire in the end of September. Huh. Because on my uh, – and maybe I guess it, it, it's there and it's just not uh, in effect. But when I was looking at my deposit methods, I clicked on some link that gave me an 800 number and told me to call them to get instructions how to deposit via Western Union. Well, unless they put, unless they put it back. But it was uh, I wouldn't recommend it anyway because Western Union has okay. clamped down really hard to where the, if they catch you doing it, they ban you. Okay. So I, I think I'm done forever with Western Union gambling deposits, at least until they uh, gotcha. stop the clamping down. I did, As I said, I did it on September 20th. I got away with it, and, and uh, fortunately I ran that $2,400 deposit up big time. 
and I never had to redeposit, which was fortunate. Yeah. You, you can easily go the other way at, at 20, 40, 30, 60. I mean, you can lose that super fast. Uh, and to show you, there, there's big swings on there. Uh, you can you can have swings. I, I know a good player who lost 33K straight on there. I, I, I personally lost 20K straight just after January 1st on there in Limit Hold'em. Uh, I, I everybody Wait, I know Jan- after January first this year you're saying yes yes I right on January first I started to lose you're down I, twenty or twenty already this year I was I've come back I've I've gotten back most of it but uh, what number are you what, what's your number on there are you one two three four five <laughs> or six I'm I'm, I'm usually a six so you you can look <laughs> for me but. Uh, uh, no, uh, I, I, I've lost 20K to start off the year. It was very frustrating. I, prior wow. to that, my worst streak was 12K, but uh, and I had a lot of eights and nine losses. But but I, I, every player I know on there who's a winner uh, has had a streak like this where they've, they've lost around 20 because it's, the, the games are very aggressive and there's a lot of bluffing and a lot of crazy semi-bluffing where you know someone will cap it on the turn with just a draw or with, sometimes with nothing. So it's, it's hard not to pay people off there. You, you can imagine how this all uh, adds up to yeah. big swings where you can run up really fast if, if uh, your hands are holding up and if people are full of crap when they're raising you, but, but you can get clobbered when uh, every time they have it or they keep sucking out on you. So Right. So that's well, well. Since we are talking about online poker, and again, I'm sorry uh, if I've hijacked the topics and what, what you were talking about tonight by calling, but I will tell you, I am actually very impressed and surprised uh, what has become of WSOP.com. Um, the site has actually picked up in traction. There, well, which one, Nevada or WSOP.com? Yeah, no, Nevada. Yeah, Nevada. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, the games that you play, you're, you're not. I mean, for you, it's not going to do anything because Limit Hold'em actually, out of every game they offer, you, you'll you'll get more regular stud and stud high low games than you will Limit Hold'em on there. But um, they have limit. Or I'm sorry, they have no Limit Hold'em, which isn't my cup of tea. Games running as as high as five ten regularly. PLO, they have five ten ten twenty uh, that runs, and there's always a one two or two four, you know, in PLO. Um, PLO eight or better. I mean, there, there's some good action on there. I mean, just you know, considering the, pro, the player pool and just you know, just in general, what it was in the beginning. Um, and for those of you that come to Vegas that don't live here, this is a big misconception. You don't have to be a Vegas or Nevadan resident to play on WSOP. You just have to be actually in the state. So even if you know you come out here four or five times a year and want to set up an account. Just to play from your hotel room while you're here, and you can always go to the Rio, which is the little home base to cash out and or deposit. You can always do that, uh, you know, after a trip. But uh, I will tell you, the traffic on there is really starting to increase, and I mean, it, it's you know, it, it's nothing compared to you know, Poker Stars or well, forget that. Any of the other sites. L- look but- at this. I, I think maybe you're you're looking more at the games you're interested in playing, uh, or. PokerScout.com, which uh, tracks this, the traffic, uh, they are reporting that WSOP Nevada has – you're right, it is improving over what it used to be. But it's a uh, seven-day average over you know, all times of the day, 150 players. The 24-hour peak is 327. We're almost at that right now at 324 right now at this moment of, of cash player. So that's not a ghost town. But it's uh, to show you compared to Bovada, which they're estimating because Bovada tries to hide the games that are running from them, but uh, uh, from everybody, actually. It's hard to see. But from what they can estimate, they're estimating a 3,200-player 
24 hour peak on Bovada and 1500 average number of players. So that's uh, that's clobbering it. That's like about ten tenfold bigger, and that's not well, even compared to what poker nationwide versus well, you know one of the smallest states populace wise no, no, I- in. You know the U.S. I, mean, I, I understand you know. that. I understand. I'm just saying. I know. I know. There's a bit of. Uh, it's a bit unfair to compare them. But I'm just saying that. Uh, Not even nationwide, well, international. The point I'm making, though, is a lot of people have the impression this is what it was in the beginning. That if you want to play poker online, it's going to be for pennies. You can actually sit there, you know, and you can play a decent stake PLO, decent stake no limit, decent stake stud or stud, or, you know, eight or better. They have tournaments. I know they had one on Sunday. I think it was a uh, fifty dollar. Buying and rebuying, like first prize, first prize was like nine thousand dollars. I mean, I'm just saying it's something. You know, it's not it's not the greatest thing in the world, but it's enough to whet your appetite and at least give you some action, and you know, at least make the stakes worth playing. I mean, no one wants to sit around and, and grind and make a hundred or two hundred dollars all day. But I've had some you know pretty good days. I've had a couple two, three, four thousand dollar days on there. Um, you know, which that's that's a lot of money. Yeah, I used to play on there a good deal when the limit games were running. And then they went downhill. They got a lot tougher. It was pretty much all regulars there. But uh, well, remember, some... you and I were chasing each other around all night, until I, and I didn't realize it was you. I'm like, why does this guy keep sitting out? Do you uh, remember? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but but and then I'm like, oh, laugh out loud. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I, I know who this guy is. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, you know the. the the thing is here they put they put a lot of money into this and and they did not put in this money to get 150 average players 327 peak players they're losing a lot of money on this this isn't what they were hoping it would be uh they really need to combine themselves over a few states to make this worthwhile or well, what do you mean by that are you saying expectation wise they thought there would be more players much more they, they, way more. Right? In fact, in New, Jer- in New Jersey, I don't know how familiar you are with that market because you don't go there very much, but uh, uh, New Jersey, they actually were dumb enough to forecast 10 times as many players as what they actually got. Wow. And Nevada, I don't know exactly what those numbers are. They haven't been public, but uh, you know, Seth Polanski well, himself, who once had a 45-minute telephone conversation with me about WSOP.com because I had been criticizing the, the management of it. And I didn't even know he was involved in the management. I wasn't criticizing him personally. But he called me up and spoke to me for 45 minutes about it. Uh, and and um, he did reveal to me that it was losing a lot of money. Wow. It, the, the one that just closed, what was it called? Uh, Ultimate Poker? Yeah. Yeah. In their sort of you know death eulogy, they said, yeah. Uh, yeah, one of the things we fucked up is we uh, <laughs> totally miscalculated the market size or whatever. And I think that was probably their biggest... That they, well, that's what they said anyway, that, that that was part of their biggest reason they failed. I, I'll tell you a couple of things that I really do like about it. And, you know, mainly on there, I play PLO. So, you know, having a, a $2, $4 PLO game or a five ten PLO game, you know, at my hands every night, you know, that that's fine for me. But a couple of things that I do like, I like the fact that when you cash out, uh, you know, there's three options they have. You can cash up via check. You can cash out via uh, the ACH deposit back in your bank, or you can cash out right at the Rio. And when I have cashed out, I always just, you know, will we'll have you. Know, I don't. I live 20 minutes from the Rio, so I'll just do it there. And usually, when you request a cash out, you'll get an email back within two hours that your cash out's been processed. So I like the speed part of it. And what's also really interesting, they partnered up uh, with Seven Eleven. I don't know if you know know about this stuff. This started about uh, a month ago. 
and uh, it's it's on your deposit options. It's called Pay Near Me, and what you do is you just click on it, and it will email you a barcode. You take that barcode on your cellular on your cell phone, or if you don't have a cell phone, you can actually print it, and you go to a set any Seven Eleven in in the state of Nevada. And it's just kind of like how they would load a prepaid phone card or any kind of gift card. And you give the barcode to the clerk, hand her your phone. They scan it. And you give them, you know, $500, $1,000, whatever it is you want to deposit. And it immediately goes right into your account on WSOP.com, hmm. which I thought was kind of neat. Yeah. What's what's the integration like with the uh, Total Rewards card? Do you earn RCs or TCs when you're playing on WSOP.com or – no, you, what happens is uh, you, you, they have their own separate point system, and then if you reach certain levels, then it, it's equivalent. They, they will give you the equivalent card. Uh, now, seven stars is just about impossible to reach, uh, and, but the other ones, they will match to their same status. They have a lot more statuses there, but, but when you reach uh, platinum, they'll give you platinum. When you reach diamond, they'll give you diamond. When they reach uh, seven star, they'll give you seven star. But, that, again, the last one's impossible to hit. But on the other side... They will uh, status match you from your existing total rewards card to your WSOP.com level. So I'm a seven star on WSOP.com earning 30% rake back. So that, right. that, same, that, same that part I liked. Yeah, and Brandon yeah. is too. So that, that part I did like. And in fact, I, I used to criticize Ultimate Poker for this. I, when the Ultimate Poker was not completely dead, but going that way, I, I posted on 2 plus 2 when I had, uh, you know, when I was still able to post there before Mason. Banned me for no good reason. I, I, uh, I, I, I posted, hey, Ultimate Poker, I want to give your site another chance, but I'm getting 30% rake back from WSOP.com through the status matching, and I'm not going to start with 0% rake back on your site and try to work my way up. I just don't want to do it. It's not worth it to me, especially for the debtor of the two sites. So if you give me the same 30% over here, I'll try to get some games started. So I get a message from uh, that, that Scotty guy who used to work at PokerStars saying, uh, well, you know, are you really serious? Maybe we can take care of you. I said, yes. He says, okay, uh, how about you tell me when you're going to start playing there, and, and I'll up you to 20% rake back. I'm like, what? Yeah, don't, don't give me less rake back than I'm getting at WSOP. Like, if you're serious about getting a grinder on here to start games, you know, do something better here. Do, give me at least the same 30. Don't say, hey, you know, don't have me ask for 30 that I'm already getting on the better site and give me 20 on your site. There's no incentive to go over there. Like, I, I thought that was idiotic. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that site's out of business, so. Yeah, that was one of many just dumb things. They, they, customer service-wise, they're actually pretty good, but that was just one of various dumb things. And it's, it's possible his hands were tied by management because the management was very controlling over there, and that's what really caused, caused a lot of... Uh, trouble i guess but that was always the problem wasn't it they're the second biggest site but they're not upping you know their competition level like they're just barely matching wsp.com or not even you know you know what's funny i have never even downloaded the software but uh i was told that the south point even has a live real money uh poker site now i mean i can't even imagine how much of a fail that is if it's still even going do you guys know anything about this I know weren't they supposed to be? Didn't they get the first actual yep, license? They did, and it took them like yeah. almost two years from getting the license to launching. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, so someone is. Uh, I'm getting a uh, text about something that's. Uh, let me see what's going on here. This could actually be a serious situation here. Uh oh. Um. 
Someone is concerned there's going to be another uh, Elliot Roger type, the guy who shot up uh, UC Santa Barbara's Isla Vista area. Uh, there's there's someone. Uh, I'm trying to understand what's going on here. He's giving me a phone number to call. Mm-hmm. That, uh, um, and they're texting you because. I think they want me to call this on radio. That'd be great, though, if we call the guy on radio and we somehow piss him off to where he shoots everybody. That'll be good publicity for this show. But uh, oh boy. <laughs> I'm trying to see what's going on here. I get these texts, and it wasn't completely clear what uh, the person was trying to say to me about this. Uh, uh, let's see here. And this is why we're the fourth, what were you, the, the four, fourth, <laughs> how you follow this. Yeah, we're the, the fourth best uh, podcast out of five. Not you know, even podcast, poker-based media content. Right, right. We're the fourth best out of five, and they, they made sure to note that we only finished 11 ahead of last place. They made sure that everyone knew that, that we weren't even a, a, a solid well, force. start coming back on, and with my help, we'll get the third. Ah, maybe. We can dream. A man can dream about this. That's, that's one of my goals for 2015. <laughs> now, let me I, ask you, did they explain uh, how the integrity part of it was maintained? Because I remember the one year... Oh uh, yeah, that was when, on Poker News with the with the uh, the rigging of the election there. For, for the, remember for the girl. one year when you know when when Major League Baseball first started letting uh, fans vote for players, and Nomar Garcia Para got like eighteen million votes from one guy. <laughs> yeah, well, no, this could have happened. In fact, uh, on Poker News there was a there was a contest That's what I'm that saying. they maybe Mason Malamy was sitting there with fucking with his old. You well, know, I don't. Bell, I don't think it was Mason Malmuth. Me, Mason Malmuth's show. He, you know, the two plus two poker cast did not finish first. The winner. Yeah, they didn't win. That's the the winner was run, was runnered up with Jason Somerville. I think there may have been a uh, a, a gay guy who was uh, hitting the uh, the vote button over and over with a program and uh, and and ran it and ran it up, so to speak, for Jason Somerville's show. He, though, to Jason Somerville's credit, he was predicted to be the winner by people who were observing it. They, the people now, who were watching. How do I know that name? What what is he? A, is he? he, a, a he he was, the, he was the first openly gay male poker player. He's a tournament player. I mean, really? Is that, is that what society's come to now? Well, that's what I've been telling Todd. The show needs to reach out to the uh, LGBT community. I so if Todd wants step. to like come out. or you know. Wasn't One Step the first openly gay poker player? <laughs> well, at least high-profile poker player. Yeah, I guess One Step did uh, beat him to so the punch. So we really have an openly gay? Really? Wow. Yeah. 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 But does that I mean is he a good poker player? I mean, is he? Yeah, he is. Okay, so it's not just he's known for that. He's... No, no, he was he was no, a no, winning he, he was a winning tournament okay. player who then also came out and said I'm gay. Hmm. This is a few years ago he came out. So now I'm sure he wrote some kind of mantra blog or something that. Uh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, there, we, there's there's. There's have a few you others. Have you ever listened to his show? I, I, I haven't, but there are a few other openly gay male poker players. Now, there's a, a openly gay poker player named Ryan LaPlante who actually listens to this show every week. And I, I happened to sit next to him at the World Series this year, and he introduced himself to me. And uh, oh, I, wow. I had seen him tweeting to me before, but he's, uh, he's an openly gay poker player who listens to the show. So we, we have – I've said before we have a diverse listenership to the show. We have some uh, black guys that listen and call in. We, we have uh, some gay guys and – you know, we have uh, we we're a little bit short on women, though. We don't have many women. Hmm. Well, we still have uh, Nikki hanging around. We do have Nikki. I think she's like the only one. What about that uh, Josie girl? No, Josie. What happened is she got married. She got pregnant and married. She has a little uh, baby uh, now. Yeah, that's why she disappeared. Yeah. Hmm. Also, Druff wouldn't mail her any uh, good scripts. So. Yeah, yeah. She 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 tried to hit me for the Vicodin for a while. It wasn't happening. I needed it all for myself. So. Uh, 
<laughs> no, no. I, I kind of wish he was around because I, I'm actually running low on Vicodin. I, I just had this discussion with someone today that um, is I, I don't take it very much, but I, I take it according to the headache. You know, if I have a headache I can't get rid of, that's what I take. So the, the Vicodin I have is leftover Vicodin from dental procedures where they'd prescribe me like 15 pills and I'd use one. But uh, eventually I run out. And I was actually lucky in December to uh, need a root canal. And, uh, so that was, I said, oh, good, I'm getting Vicodin. Thank you. I, I have no, you know, yes, I'm getting a root canal. Then I get Vicodin. But uh, that's the only reason I have Vicodin to take right now is thanks to that root canal. And uh, once this Vicodin is gone, I don't know. I'm going to have to start uh, hitting up people like Josie to send me some. I don't know what to do. Like, I, I, I don't know. Does anybody know if I go to a doctor – and tell them honestly, I have headaches, and that uh, sometimes I need Vicodin to get rid of it. Are they going to believe me, or just think I'm an addict? Depends on the doctor. Yeah, like I don't know what to do. Like I, I'm I really don't think they're going to prescribe you Vicodin for headaches. That, that's the problem. That's the problem. Well, is like, well, again, it depends on the doctor. That's the problem. Yeah, the the funny thing is, I, I totally don't abuse it. I, I'd be totally fine if they gave me like you know thirty Vicodin to last for you know six months. I'd be totally okay with that, and I, and I wouldn't need any more than that. Uh, in fact, that probably lasts a year. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the point is that uh, most of these headaches I get, I can knock out with Excedrin. But like a few days ago, I woke up with a terrible one, and I had to take Vicodin. And that, sometimes that's what I have to do because Excedrin won't yeah. do it for the really bad ones. And like it, it sucks that I can't just be honest with it, and I'm not a Vicodin abuser at all, and I can't just be honest and get what I need. Because they're so paranoid well, about you know, it. Is ski season? Maybe you get lucky and break a collarbone or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should go up to Lake Tahoe and intentionally break a bone so I can get some more Vicodin. I mean, that may be the only solution here. Or call bad guy. He's good at procuring them, right? Maybe I should just eat a lot of candy and not brush my teeth for a while. Now yeah. I always get confused with Vicodin, Percocet, uh, Laura tabs. Is, is it are those all? Is it all the same? Because of the hydrocodone, or what's the difference between a Vicodin and, say, a Percocet? Uh, I don't know. I know Norco and Vicodin is the same thing. Uh, maybe the chat can help me out here. See, I don't, I don't abuse pills. It's basically all so. hydrocodone. That's the active. It, it is hydrocodone in, in the Vicodin. That's true. The, I, and same with the Norcos. Is it just like the, the uh, degree of aspirin that's mixed with it that differentiates what they're called, or is it? Uh, I've always been confused. Like, oh, I have Percocet. I have Percodan. I have Vicodin. I have Lortabs. I have Norcos. But I never knew what the difference was. And all those things. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, see, I don't abuse pills. So I, don't I, I don't know. I, I need some person who abuses pills in the chat to uh, educate. This. Someone said bad guy who's in the chat, but then he's denying that he does pills. Someone's, hmm. someone's suggesting we should call Neverwin and ask about this. <laughs> Genocide had a whole big bucket of them in Johannesburg in the hospital stay, but I don't know... Uh, does anyone know what's ever happened with that? Uh, she had the baby. That's all I know. Wait, so she was pregnant? Is that what it was? Yeah, she had. Preg- she was pregnant. Yeah, I, I guessed wow. at the time that she was a surrogate, and I still think that's true. You think she was a surrogate? Yeah. Why would she do that though with a rich South African boyfriend? Well, I don't know. She's. It, it just seemed to imply that in her something. No, I about... believe it was her kid. I think it was her kid. Oh, really? The, I think it was her and the South African guy. Okay, I got I got a text from uh, the eight one eight area code, a place you would expect to know about pill abuse. And uh, mm. the eight one eight in San Fernando Valley, California, said perks are oxycontin based oxycodone. So I guess it's not the same as uh, Vicodin. So I'm glad we have this okay. uh, knowledge base here. Yeah. I know Percocet is a different 
it's actually tight, more tightly controlled. It's like schedule, whatever, the higher one. So I guess it's stronger than Vicodin. Yeah. Uh, well, I know Neverwin was really into Percocets. He used to go, Percocets. He used to say that all the time. He used to do whippets on the radio show. Yeah. You and him had a, That's true. I remember You and him had a big falling out. Oh, I was pissed about I was so pissed about that because uh, – talking to be <laughs> – Oh, I know. it was driving me crazy. Like he was, he was over at Mycon's place, and I'm like, we're starting the show, and I'm, I'm doing it remotely, and I, and I'm hearing like over and over and over and over, and I can't hear myself think. And I finally had to threaten to leave the show. I finally said, I'm going to hang up if this doesn't stop. Yeah. Somehow Mycon was okay with it, but I, I couldn't stand it. It was, it was bad radio, and it was annoying the hell out of me. And I said, I can't. He said, Oh, I'm doing whippets. I go, No, I can't have it. I, I can't. And then that I, Winkler girl, she became a mule. Yeah, she became a drug mule and arrested in Australia. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, and then there's remember Ship the Perk, uh, yeah. Shrunk's cousin who who somehow won a bracelet. Didn't he? Oh no, no, cap. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking of what, what was Dustin's other friend that died, the one that the the crazy guy that would run it up on full tilt and then lose it all back. He was a limit holding player. Uh, he was like, and that remember that that video at um, Dustin's house that that. Was posted on the old NWP. He was like, "Oh, the oh the Prez, the Prez." Yeah, yeah. Oh, the Prez. I actually knew the Prez first. Dustin met him through me. Oh, oh, that's. Oh, yeah. Wasn't there some weird sex thing or something with with him and I don't know? There's some weird sex story. He hit a girl during sex, and you know, does any of this sound I, familiar? I don't even know about that. No, hmm. he did do a lot of weird sexual things, and. Uh, yeah, yeah the, the Prez was into some weird stuff, but uh, the Prez... so, I'm sorry. So ship the perk that that was Brian. Oh, I don't. I, yeah, I guess everyone knows his name. Yeah, just want to brace the Brian Lemke. Yeah, that was that was, and that was uh, Justin Schrank's cousin. And uh, so when when he won the bracelet, he dedicated it to uh, to Schrank. Yeah, because it was right after he died, within yeah. a couple months. Yeah, yeah, he started a foundation for that, right, or scholarship or something. Schrank. It was the Schrank Memorial Scholarship or Foundation. Did or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charity. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's Brian, he, I haven't heard much of him recently. Like when, you know, I met him one time. He seemed like a nice guy, uh, but uh, I, I don't know what happened to him. He, he was he, a Boris sympathizer, wasn't he? Uh, kind of. <laughs> yeah, he posted. He posted on Boris, but he really didn't get involved in any of that, like you know, forum drama stuff. He really wasn't into that whole thing. He he actually the reason he even had the money to play that five thousand dollar no limit event he won. Was was he got some, yeah, he got some gigantic settlement where he walked into a manhole, a manhole and got hurt, and somehow he got like a seven million dollars settlement out of it. It was crazy. Like I, I couldn't understand that because the guy was walking around and you know he may have had some injuries or whatever, and it may have been painful and all that. But you know the bottom line is he wasn't like he was crippled. He was he could walk around normally and uh, everything seemed like just a regular healthy guy, and yet he was getting a seven million dollars settlement. But uh, that's what he got. I mean, good for him. <laughs> wow. I, I don't know how he managed that one. But uh, I, I guess they left a manhole open when they shouldn't have, and he walked into it and fell. So I, I don't know. I, I was kind of thinking of uh, looking for open manholes myself after hearing that story. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's, yeah, and then, then he parlays that into a bracelet win. Then he, just, he's like, he was like an amateur player, too. He wasn't like a pro. He just was an amateur player. And uh, entered the five thousand. I mean, it was like a five k. Yeah, like it was tough. Hard, it was tough. It was like yes, it was a hard field. Yes, that was amazing. He he just uh, he he just ran through this and clobbered everyone. Jesus, I mean, that could happen in these tournaments. That's what uh, the, the, those tournaments, especially the no limit tournaments. It's just if you run well enough and you're not terrible, you can win. 
That, that's basically the way. Yeah, it is. Even if you're terrible, you can win. Let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, not like really terrible. Like not like like lose passive or something. You're never going to win. But if you're, uh, oh, true. But if you like, yeah. If you if you're overly aggressive or uh, you know you call off way too much, like Tiffany Michelle when she got down 17th in the main event. I mean, she I heard she made so many awful plays, and uh, and yet she. No. Yeah, like be like there would be like these giant all ins, and she'd call off with king queen off and and win. Whatever like happened that. to her? Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure she shot it all off. The last time I saw her, she was like a like a waiter with or no a dealer with a French accent on some oh, soap opera yeah, show. Do you remember yeah, she, that? She's you know Tiffany Michelle. This this was someone who had moderate talent in a few things. Yeah, you know, like singing and acting, but was not good at anything. She wasn't good at any of these things. She, had, she, she right. kind of like she moderate like talent. A high school talent show. Yeah, she was like moderate like talent in everything. Talent. She was like she was like uh, attractive but not really hot. She was um, she she was an, an okay actor but not great. Uh, she she was an okay singer, not great. Like all these things that are like yeah. decent enough for you to say, oh, yeah, yeah, she's pretty good at it, but n- never enough she was to be very good at being mediocre. Yeah, very exactly. Like so, boyfriend was really really short. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, so. Anyway, Tiffany Michelle, uh, she somehow luck boxed into that thing, and she really screwed Poker News there. I, I, I usually don't I feel bad for that. Poker News, but she really she screwed that Tony G. She screwed Tony, Tony G. G. He he bought her in for 10k just to be nice uh, to the main event. She she starts doing getting really deep, uh, starts to have these. You know, endorsement possibilities and everything, and and he's like, "Hey, I bought you in. Can you at least wear Poker News gear?" No, no, no. And now I'm a UB spot. UB sponsoring me and not wearing Poker News gear anymore. And he's like, "Well, wait, I, we bought we bought you in. What the hell?" And she's like, "Nope, they're my sponsor now." Totally screwed him over. Like like if you're gonna take 10k from someone to buy you in, you can't just ditch them once someone comes to you with more money. You've got to do the right thing and say, "Okay, they paid for me to be here. The the big chances that I'm gonna bust and they get nothing out of it. So if by some chance I make it deep." You know, if you want to not represent them in the future, fine. But for this tournament, you got to represent them. So she she really uh, screwed him over. I was totally on uh, Tony G's side on that one. She she sent him back to Russia on that one. I didn't like her because before all this, when she was just a little hostess girl, you know, we kind of all had the same group of friends. I'd see her at the parties and very you know a little stuck up with the whole "Where are you from?" I'm from Beverly Hills, but still. But then as soon as she did that, it's like she totally changed. She thought she really was a celebrity. And, like, she just thought she was better than everybody else. And I'd see her. She wouldn't even acknowledge me and say hello. Like, you know, she just uh, got that uppity-up attitude. Yeah. Yeah. She always kind of saw herself as a celebrity, especially once that happened. So, uh, and, and, you know, Tiffany, by the way, was homeschooled. And I, I think that explains some of it. I always said in describing Tiffany Michelle that she's uh, very, very focused on herself. Anything that doesn't. She doesn't even think about like other people's feelings or what other her actions, how they affect other people, or how people perceive what she does. So everything, you know, Phil Helmuth has that going on as well. Like, like they have That's that in common that they they're, they're in their own little world where where it's only everything that affects them directly. Uh, and that's the only thing they think about. They never think about how their actions affect others. And that, that was really Tiffany Michelle. And I thought maybe the homeschooling had something to do with it because the one problem with homeschooling is you, you are not put in a big group of people for all those years where you're no one special. And I, I think that's actually important to, to have in life, to, to be in that situation for years where you are just part of the group and, and, and you are no one special and you have to learn to to get along with a group and you have to learn when your actions affect others. And I think that is where a school environment is, is good for you. 
Wasn't she dating Dean Kane? <laughs> Do I remember that right? Was Wasn't she? something about her with going out with Dean Kane? I, I didn't hear about that, but maybe. The Superman guy? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so let's, point, let's see what else yeah. we have here. I, yeah, unfortunately, I can't do the show for unlimited time like I used to because of uh, uh, responsibility. A couple of weeks ago, when I lasted the show, we'd go to midnight, one a.m. Yeah, I know. I, I, I just get some external pressure from that. The, the problem is, I have a, a son who takes care, takes after me, and likes to stay up late, and uh, and then his mother doesn't, and then his mother has to go to work, and uh, and then there's problems. So, if I do this till midnight, then uh, she can be kept up till midnight. So. Uh, well, go on with uh, the whole program then. Okay, I'll go on with the program. You can you can yeah. stay around as long as you want. So, uh, I'm not use the loo though, but I'll, I'll be back if that's all right. I hang okay, on the just, line. Don't, just don't take us into the loo. I don't I don't want to I don't want us to be pissed radio here. Okay. No, the one guy I remember that we did the radio show before he'd even take a bowel movement on the show. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. I know. Remember that's the one guy you take the laptop and do a bowel movement. I know. That, I know. You know the one guy I'm talking about, right? I do. I do. Jesus. All right. I'm right. putting it down. I'm going to go to the loo. Okay. You go ahead and go to the loo. Really is a loo over there in uh, Isle of Man. Yeah. So, all right. Let's talk about civil forfeiture. And Brandon can just kind of get up to speed when he comes back. Uh, civil forfeiture is a very bad program. In fact, hard for people to believe sometimes that this really occurs in the U.S. in this day and age. And that is where your property or cash can just be taken from you by the police or by the government without you being charged with a crime. It's pretty well known that if you're using something to commit a crime that the government can seize it. So like if you're dealing drugs, the government can seize the car that you were driving to make the drug deal. They can do that, and that's pretty well known. In fact, shows like Miami Vice were based around that. But uh, what people don't know until they look into civil forfeiture is that you can be stopped – while you're driving on the highway and the police can find a flimsy reason to search your car and then seize whatever they find in it without charging you with anything. Just claim, oh, we think this has to do with drugs. We think this has to do with money laundering and then just take it. And then it's up to you to prove that your assets, your property, your money was legally acquired. And it's harder than you think. You can't just walk in and go, Oh, yeah, I, I won this cash in a poker tournament. Give it back. You have to go through a long, difficult, and expensive procedure. Expensive because you usually need a lawyer to get the money back. And often what they seize to hire a lawyer to get it back costs more money than the money you'll be getting back from getting a return to you. So a lot of times people just give up, especially because sometimes they'll coerce people who they pull over into signing that they're giving up this property in exchange for not being charged with a crime. That they didn't commit. This became big business for certain uh, jurisdictions that would plant officers to pull over cars from out of state, make up a phony reason to search the car, such as uh, our drug-sniffing dog smelled drugs or uh, some other reason. We suspect such and such. Can we search your car? And, and usually people consent thinking, hey, I did nothing wrong. I'm not carrying drugs. I haven't done anything wrong. Go ahead and search. So they get their car searched and they find a computer in the car. They find cash in the car, all legal things to have in your car. They will take it. Thank you. This is ours now. We suspect this was used in a crime. Prove otherwise. And they take it. This really happens. This was really huge business for certain cities. 
to just outright steal from people like this. And this wasn't a case where the police legitimately thought that people had money that uh, was used in commission of a crime and just got it wrong. They knew. They would target cars just to pull them over and and get them for this, usually out-of-state cars, figuring that someone driving through out-of-state has some kind of money or assets on them because they're traveling to or from somewhere. They'll put cops on the road back from a casino to nail people that way, knowing they're probably leaving with money. And uh, this became big business for for certain uh, police departments, uh, city governments, county governments to steal, outright steal from the citizens. And uh, this actually affected two poker players from California when they were driving through, uh, I think, Utah or Iowa, something like that. Uh, They got pulled over, and uh, I think it was Iowa. And they got, uh, I think, 100K taken from them that they had taken to a poker tournament. So uh, no charges have to be pressed. You have to prove that the property or money was acquired legally, and sometimes that's hard to prove. And it's always expensive to prove. So anyway, this has been talked about on a previous show. But what is new is that civil forfeiture, the process I just talked about, has been largely curtailed. And a lot of this I describe will not happen anymore. Eric Holder, who definitely, uh, in my opinion, has not done a very good job as attorney general, uh, finally did something good. He finally did something good. And uh, Eric Holder decided that – and he's going to be an outgoing attorney general. He's leaving very soon. But uh, under the new rules announced on uh, on Friday, this past Friday, which was uh, January 16th, federal agencies will no longer be able to – Access or to accept or adopt assets seized by local and state law enforcement agencies unless the property includes firearms, ammunitions, explosives, child pornography, or other materials considering public safety, meaning cash is not one of them, or computers is not one of them, unless it's child porn on it. And uh, the reason this is being done, and the reason the, what really this affects here, is that um, a lot of states had laws against this, but federal laws would trump the state laws. They could get around the state laws by making it a federal seizure. So what they were doing, a lot of these uh, localities that wanted to steal money from people, what they would do is they would get federal agents involved in a process called equitable sharing, where if the federal agents then use federal laws to steal it, uh, it would supersede the state laws, and then the federal government and the local government would split the assets. So... Eric Holder said, uh-uh, this is going to stop, except in these extreme cases, which I just, le- just read. Um, they can't do this anymore. This is uh, – the federal government can no longer do this. So uh, no more seizing money in cars or computers from people they claim they, quote, suspect of a crime. So uh, this doesn't completely eliminate it. Uh, states that still have civil forfeiture – Laws on the books can still do this. And as I said, they can still trump up when, you know, what they claim to be uh, uh, reasons to steal it, you know, especially if you know, they can steal your, your, they can take your guns from you, for example. You're driving around with a gun you know, legally, they can still take it from you and claim it that. But uh, this is really not going to happen very much, at least uh, not 
through this federal cooperation, which really was started to be responsible for more and more of these seizures. It was it was the easiest way for them to do it and not have to worry about any kind of uh, state requirements to make this tougher. Yeah, and I I think this actually changed because of all the media coverage. For some reason, even though this has been going on for a long time, in in a certain kind of two-month span, there were a lot of large media outlets that covered this story. Yeah, what happened was in September, the Washington Post did a big expose on it with an investigation of 400 different civil forfeitures that they investigated at random, and zero of those 400, zero of those 400 were legitimate from what they could tell. All 400 of them were bogus, where they just went after innocent people's stuff. So the Washington Post posted a scathing article about civil forfeiture. Then um, uh, John Oliver, the uh, the guy who does uh, Last Week Tonight on uh, – or Yesterday Tonight or whatever that's called on uh, – I think it was Last Week Tonight on the Comedy Central did a, mm-hmm. a funny segment on that. So it really started to get a lot of press, and uh, so – yeah, of course we did a segment on PFA Radio. So yeah, that's that true. That, put that, it over the top. That's what I know made it Obama's happen. Obama's a listener. Shout out to the yeah. press. That's that's what happened. And the, the dumb thing is, police departments are complaining. Oh man, this is going to kill our funding. Oh man, you know we're we're going to have uh, so fewer resources. We're not going to be able to use this to go to public education. We we were doing such good things with the money. I don't care what you were doing. You stole it. <laughs> I, what the hell? Yeah, they're, they're, I don't care what you're doing. I don't care how, what good came of it. What about the people you stole it from? You can't steal money from citizens and then say, well, we're doing good things with it, so this has got to continue. Oh, we're going to suffer now that we can't steal your money anymore. What, what kind of crap is that? So uh, I, this isn't even a case where they're just being overly aggressive and going after who they think might be drug dealers, and it turns out they're not. This, this is no, – they know making- they're going after people. They can just steal their money. Oh. Yep. So – uh, th- this is going to really curtail it. And uh, you can look up online if your state has uh, civil forfeiture laws that uh, protect you or make it diff- make it easier on them to do it. Uh, let me read you quickly some of them just to give you an idea uh, whether you're going to be well protected. Um, th- there's various... Uh, ranks from one to seven of how tough it is for them to take your property. Uh, The weakest laws protecting you are just called a probable cause, where if they can show, quote, probable cause to take your stuff, uh, they can. Uh, Then there's – they have to have uh, kind of in between probable cause and and preponderance of the evidence, which is is a little tougher – then there's the third rank, which is the just preponderance of the evidence, which makes it even tougher. Then there's four, it has to be clear and convincing, or, be, or between preponderance, clear and convincing. Then rank five is clear and convincing evidence, which is more than preponderance. It's got to be like super obvious, or very close to super obvious. Uh, then uh, rank six is the clear and convincing between that and beyond a reasonable doubt. And then seven is beyond a reasonable doubt. I mean, they can't take your stuff unless it's 100% clear that... Uh, that it was involved in a crime. So um, the ones with the weakest laws, the rank one, and the higher rank is better for citizens, Alabama, Alaska, Delaware, Illinois, Massachusetts, Missouri, Montana, Rhode Island, South Carolina, and Wyoming. 
they are the ones that uh, have the weakest laws against this. So be careful when driving over there. Uh, then Georgia, North Dakota, South Dakota, Washington are the ones ranked two. Rank three, where you're somewhat protected, but not as much as it should be, uh, a whole lot of states. Uh, Arizona, Ar- Arkansas, Hawaii, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maine, Maryland, Michigan, Mississippi, New Hampshire, New Jersey, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, and West Virginia. By the way, Brandon's taking a long time in the loo. Kentucky, New York, Oregon have the rank four. So you're already starting to get better protected there. Rank five, Colorado, Florida, Minnesota, Nevada, New Mexico, Ohio, Utah, Vermont. And this is now a big deal because the federal government can't supersede this anymore. California, rank six. They're pretty good. Yeah, there you go. You're safe. And then uh, the best ones, Nebraska, North Carolina, and Wisconsin. Though I will tell you, in Nebraska, a lot of it went on through the federal uh, equitable sharing craps. But now, now it's going to be a lot harder over there to uh, to do it. So, yeah. Uh, finally, Eric Holder did something good. He uh, he was the one at the helm when Black Friday came down. He was the one who uh, didn't uh, didn't bother to investigate. Harry Reid for taking a million dollar bribe from Full Tilt just because he didn't want to see a fellow Democrat go down. He's the one who didn't want to do much criminal investigation on uh, the VA scandal that uh, occurred where fake waiting lists fake waiting lists were made for care and a lot of veterans died. He didn't bother to investigate that. He was a very, very partisan attorney general more than the others have been. I mean, this guy's been super partisan and, and really wanted nothing to do with any investigation that could make a fellow Democrat look bad. Uh, he also has not been very good with online poker but uh he did something right here uh some people think that he did this mainly for his own purposes because this is a hot button topic these days and since he's leaving anyway uh this is something he could do and people will remember him say hey you know, this is the guy who ended legacy civil- maintenance yeah a legacy yeah oh eric holder yeah he's the one who ended civil forfeiture he was a good attorney general so it's probably something like that but uh whatever the reason uh then Happy to see it. And uh, I wouldn't mind civil forfeiture so much if it were made, if it were changed to have uh, very strict control around it and if it only applied to much bigger seizures. So this way they couldn't go after people driving with $5,000 on them, uh, but but only major, major seizures like drug dealers would be carrying around you know, major money. And if they had to have an existing investigation going on the person, they can't just target a random on the highway. Like there, I, I wouldn't mind it so much because I don't mind them seizing property from an actual criminal, even if they can't convict him. Right. I, 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 I mind them being able to abuse it and go after random citizens to steal from them. And if there's any yeah. chance of that being perverted into this, what's been happening, then I don't want the law in the books. And that's, uh, that's exactly what's happened. It's gotten abused. You always have to worry about whenever you pass laws like this that uh, start to uh, erode people's rights – that sometimes it can turn into abuse. And you, uh, I, I bet a long time ago when they started the civil forfeiture thing that no one thought that – you say, how could police departments target innocent citizens and steal from them? They would never do that. Well, yes, they do, especially when they're under pressure from the city to do so. And, and a, a chief of police is told by the city, hey, you know, we need money. You better do this. And, uh, and if you don't, we're going to get a new chief. Then uh, the chief feels pressure to do it. He does it, and then uh, you know, the officers follow his lead. It's easier 
easy to be mad at the police officers who do this, and they shouldn't be doing it. I mean, they shouldn't go along with it is the point. But uh, uh, some of them have to where they lose their job. So we, you have to really start with the top of who's directing this. And uh, you have to look at the heads of city governments, county governments, and, uh, and the federal agencies that, that are doing this. So I'm, I'm glad it's over. I'm glad it's over. If a good move was made by Eric Holder there. I don't care if it's for selfish reasons or not. Whatever it was, uh, it had a good result. Mm-hmm. So you can safely drive to Vegas with all that cash in your car. Now. You can. I, you know, I once drove from Vegas with $137,000 cash in my car, and I was I was a little worried that I might get in an accident, get knocked out, and then the paramedics would come and steal it. That was my paranoia. <laughs> That, uh, that that would happen. I, I was not going to stop anywhere, so no one was going to hold me up or anything. No one was going to mug me. I was afraid, like, what if I get in an accident and I'm incapacitated? And they're, like, you know, going through my stuff. I go, oh, well, we're going to not mention we found this. But, uh, okay, so uh, Bitcoin collapsed right after last show down to $159 in a free fall. I thought that was the end of it, but uh, it has recovered. Bitcoin just won't die. Let's see what it is right now so we can watch it fall again. It is 216 on Bitstamp at the moment. And it's been hanging around that level for a while now. Uh, looking at the last week, after the crash on uh, January 14th, the early morning January 14th, you know, the night of the 13th, it rocketed back up and then has pretty much stayed around the same general level between 200 and 220 for almost a week now. So it's stabilized again. Uh, it's not known. Was, was sorry. this basically what we predicted? Yeah, yeah, show? right, yeah. that it was going to fall under 200, come back, and then maybe mm-hmm. the next time it falls under 200 will be the big crash. So yeah. that, that's what it did. I, I did do a panic sell when I saw it, what happened was I saw it go down to 159, bounced back quickly to 200 before I even could think of acting. Then it, it fell down again to the 180s, then kind of stabilized there for a little bit. When I say a little bit, I really mean like a, a few hours. But I'm like, you know what? I'm afraid this is the calm before the final storm, so I better just dump it. I only had one Bitcoin left, so I sold it for 180 and uh, or 184 or something like that, and uh, then I was a little disappointed a few hours later when it shot up to 220. But uh, you know, we're, we're not talking about big money for me because there's only one Bitcoin, so it's like forty dollars. Right. So uh, that's the other reason I wasn't with it. I, I, I said I'd rather get 180 now than have it fall to 40. And I, I thought so. So yeah, I, I cost myself a little money, but not much. I, I may have looked at it differently if I had more into it. But uh, I don't think Bitcoin is going to have a big rebound. I think this is. Uh, Another adjustment in price that has, since May 2014, been consistently down. Uh, There has not been any run-up since May 2014. There have been things like this where it it falls and comes back. But there has not been a situation where it falls from its current level, where it's been at a long time, and then runs way up past from where it was for a long time. So, like... Had this fallen to 159 and then gone up to uh, 400, that would be something that we haven't seen since May 2014. But it didn't do that. It just fell and, and came back to where it was. 
So that's not that's not impressive. And and keep in mind where it was was already a good deal down from the first of January. So this month, uh, it, it's fallen a good deal. Uh, on the first of January, it was around three hundred, and uh, and you see it was way lower than that right now. So uh, we have a, the most important fact, and that everybody's missing. I should say everybody. Most people are missing. Is that since May two thousand fourteen, we have not had any run ups of Bitcoin. We've only had flat, falling, and recovering from a crash back to where it was pre-crash. But no raise, no appreciation. And that's a bad sign to go this long with no appreciation. So I, I think it's going to stabilize around here for a while. I don't know if it's going to be for another week, another month, another few months. It could sit here for a while. But I don't think it's going to go much further than this. Maybe it'll get to 240 or something, but I don't think it's going to go much past that if it even gets there. But then we'll have another crash, and then it'll again probably stabilize at another lower level. Maybe it'll stabilize next at 150. But eventually we're going to be marching towards zero. Yep, I agree, because like I said last week, this isn't really a product. And I don't think it's something that many people are clamoring to succeed except the, the, the true believers. So mm-hmm. most people are investors. The hype has pretty much died. You know, I, Every news outlet in the world's already done a story about Bitcoin. I doubt they'll do another one. So it'll just, I, I think, you know, stabilize. And I, I don't know if it's going to crash. I, I sort of more see it kind of slowly. That's, that's what I think. I, I think we have these mini crashes where it just, it goes down. And then it stabilizes a little bit at a lower level. Like it keeps going down, stabilizing, but every time you're, you're lower than you were before. And then eventually you're at zero. So we'll, we may have a few different uh, stabilization areas, but they're all going to be lower than the previous one. So whereas yeah. last year we had the stabilization in the threes, now we've got the stabilization in the low twos. Maybe in a little bit we're going to be at the stabilization in the, somewhere in the ones. And then eventually it's going to go below 100. And it's gonna, we're going to have a few of those points and it's going to be eventually be near zero. So uh, do not buy this with the belief that it's going to appreciate. If you, if you really want to do the short-term gain thing, wait until a crash and wait until you see it start to rise again and, and try to jump in there. Don't just buy it as it's falling because you never know when the falling is going to stop. You don't catch a falling knife. But if you really want to gamble here, I suggest watching for the next crash and then buying in as you see it start to rise again. And then, uh, and then sell when it it seems to kind of stabilize. So that's that's what uh, that's what I would do. If, if uh, of course there is risk in it, but uh, do not buy it now and say, okay, I'm going to buy a two fifteen. I bet one day it's going to be four hundred, five hundred, six hundred, or more. I, I even offered a bet out there, and I'm still offering it. By the way, people who want to bet with me that by December thirty first, two thousand fifteen, it will not be at four hundred at any time. And that if it is, then I lose. If it's not, then you lose. And uh, you will have to escrow with me unless I know you really well. Someone made a, a funny offer to me on the site. He said, okay, I'll take your bet. How about we bet, you know, since you're offering two to one, how about on December 31st, if it has reached 400, uh, you pay me 10 bitcoins. And if it hasn't, then I will pay you five bitcoins. <laughs> and I go, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's, I'm sure you'd fall for it. Yeah, that that wasn't likely one to get by me. <laughs> so the funny thing is, I read this 
the, I'll tell you, I almost fell for it in a way because I woke up with, uh, I don't know, a congestion or something. And I, I like I woke up and I was like up for a few minutes and I'm like, oh, let me check PFA. I wasn't going to post. I was just looking on my phone. And I go, oh, look, toaster oven's accepting my bed. Okay. And I, like, I, didn't really, re- I didn't read the full details, but I really thought he was, like, calling me on this and said, okay, I'm going to do it. And then I woke up later and I read it again. I go, wait a minute. This isn't a serious offer. This is him trying to uh, – probably making a joke, but trying to roll me if I'm really, really stupid. So that's that's what I think going to happen with Bitcoin. I think we're, gonna, we're on a march towards zero, but it's kind of a slow march towards zero. Yeah, I agree. All righty. So let's see here. Uh, some guy that's – I don't know what to say here. This I don't have time for this, unfortunately. I, I've already taken – because Brandon called in a, and disappeared to the loo. Uh, oh, he's even still – he's still here. He's just not talking. He's like just – I'm going to – did he fall in or something? Like what happened? I don't know. Maybe better uh, call PokerStar Security. <laughs> yeah. Make sure he's okay. Maybe he's going to the loo behind the closed doors. The fingerprints. That's true. It takes a while to get through all those. Maybe, maybe he can't. Maybe they don't even know he's there. Nobody can get in. They don't know he's uh, he's died in the loo. Okay. I I, I told Ben's mom we were going to end this uh, at four minutes ago. She just texted me. It's asked if I'm coming. All right. Let me. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh, okay. So let's finish up the show here. Okay. Let's finish up the show. Let me give you a quick... Uh, I'm going to have to kill the editorial for tonight. I'll have to do it next week. But uh, final topic. Difficulties in getting established in an online sports book. I got tired of Bovada for various reasons. I, I made a really bad mistake last week, and I, I it still hurts. I wanted to bet under... 190 in a certain game. And, uh, or sorry, I wanted to bet over 190, and I accidentally bet under. And, uh, I noticed the mistake as soon as I made it. I called Bovada. Nothing had changed about the game since I made it. Said, like, nobody got hurt. Nobody was announced not to play. The line didn't move. I said, I hit the wrong button. Can you please reverse the bet? They wouldn't do it. All bets are final. Well, that's true. All bets are final. It, it is true that by their rules, they didn't have to do it for me. So they didn't cheat me here. But I would have thought after all the bets I made with them, since it was very clear what happened here, nothing had changed and they could verify it, that they would, as a courtesy, reverse it. But they, they told me, F you. That was the final straw. Povada, there are a few problems there. Uh, they, they always seem to have the worst line for me. When I say for me, is whatever side I'm betting on, I always seem to be – they always have a line that's a little bit off what the regular line is uh, in Vegas. I, I always seem to be on the wrong side of that. You'd think I would gain from that half the time, but I never do. Uh, other problem is they charge 10% juice on their bets, which is standard. Uh, there's online sports books that are pretty well regarded that charge 5%. So why should I be paying double? So I said, you know what? It, it, yes, it's easy to do here because I have the big bankroll from playing poker there, and it's convenient. But I've I got to go to a – I've been betting the NBA so much, I've got to go to a real book. So I, I chose five dimes to go to, and uh, – then it came time to fund the account, and I, I was getting frustrated. Uh, they said you can only deposit $250 at a time on your credit card. And once you make like four successful deposits, then you can do more. I go, this is a joke. I'm not going to load 250 a day. I'm, I'm betting 700 a game here. 
or seven seven seventy a game usually. I, I, I don't want to do two fifty at a time on my credit card each day. It's going to take an eternity to get the bankroll I need on here. So I, I said, what else can I do? Well, you you can um, you can buy prepaid Visa cards. And I said, okay, I'll do that. But you have to do a uh, a MoneyGram or Western Union deposit first before we let you do that. I go, what? Why? That's our rules. We won't change it. They're, they, they're very stubborn with me. Finally, I get them at, the, at uh, five dimes to agree to waive that requirement. But they say, we still we can't, we've can't. tried to look up info about you in our system, and, and we can't come up with any. Our databases don't have info on you. So just to know who you are, say you are, please send your ID. I go, okay, no problem. That's reasonable. So I send them my ID. The only thing I redact from my ID is, the, is part of the driver's license number and my signature. Nope, we're not accepting that, they tell me. We have to see everything. I, why? Why do you have to see my signature? Why do you have to see my driver's license number? That doesn't mean anything to you. No, we have to see everything, they say. So I'm getting irritated with this. Now I'm starting to read stories about the owner of Five Dimes being a jerk and, and getting in, in confrontations with people. And, and while most of these stories involve people trying to angle shoot them in some way, and I would never do that, uh, it's still, uh, it was rubbing me the wrong way. I could totally see myself eventually getting into it with this guy and him banning me and taking my money. So even though they have a very good record with paying out quickly and, and never had a scandal, uh, there's been enough like confrontations with this owner that uh, um, I, I, I said, you know, screw this. So I, I went to Heritage Sports, which does not have these stories surrounding it and has the same good payout reputation. I sign up with them, and, and today I uh, – so it tells me I have to call their customer service number, which is closed when I signed up. So I, I called them today. I get a guy over there who sounds like an American, uh, and, and he says, hold on, let me check this out. And he comes back, and he starts asking me questions, um, you know, weird questions about things. And then he tells me that their databases can't verify me. He didn't ask for my ID. He just said, they can't verify you. I said, why? He says, the phone number you gave, it's not in your name. I said, well, you're right, it's not. But, it, but I, it was it was same last name. It was a different first name, because I I'm, I'm uh, it's a phone line that uh, it, it's a cell phone that was shared with uh, in a family plan with several people. So I explained it to him, and he believed me. But he said, "Yeah, well, since we can't verify that's in your name, uh, we can't give you an account here." I said, "What?" So so like, what if you have your phone in your roommate's name? Or like, what what if your phone was bought for you by someone else in your family? You're telling me you, you can't have an account here? Nope. So I, I said, this is outrageous. There's got to be some way around this. So they're, they're going to, quote, uh, check with management and get back with me if they're going to even let me have an account there. So th- this is so much harder than I thought it would be. And uh, I, you know, I guess Bovada continues to get my business thanks to this uh, for the sports book. I'm going to keep playing poker. They're, they're the best options for poker. But I, I could not believe this. I thought it would be easy. I don't know why they need so much. I don't understand why they need this because if you sign up there and you deposit it in a way that's of no risk to them, like prepaid visas, why do they care who you are? It doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter yeah, at you all. You can't multi-account the sports books. So yeah. So I, why, don't, I don't see why they care. Well, yeah, why does it matter? So, uh, you know, it's a goddamn travesty. Uh, it is. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> it's a long time in the loo for you. There's a long time in the loo. I won't even ask what you were doing there. Well, I had some fish and chips when I was done. Oh, okay. So I thought maybe you did like a Ken Scaler thing in the bathroom. And, uh, no. You know, okay. <laughs> this isn't a Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe he went down to the Starbucks there in the Isle of Man. Who knows? How is Master Scaler these days? Uh, you know, the the, uh, the usual. 
It's, that was, it's sad, that, though. He hasn't talked to Stephanie in a no, while. No, he's not talking to Stephanie right now. He's been, he and Stephanie uh, haven't talked in a long time. That hurts because those two kids, they're meant for each other. I know it. What about the crazy artist? Uh, yeah, she's kind of uh, in the picture. Is she? Believe it or not, she talks to me. Well, is she doing better? At the moment. Mm. At the moment, she's doing better. It's a very volatile situation, isn't it? It, it's, it always is. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, at the moment it's okay. But uh, there's a lot of perception out there that uh, she hates me. That uh, because at one point she did hate me, but uh, she doesn't anymore. Uh, she she texts well, she me a lot. She wanted to bake in an oven. Yeah, she did. She uh-huh. wanted. She she did want me to rot in an oven at one point. That is true. But she actually yeah you know, talks to me very uh, civilly these days. She's uh, uh, changed her mind about me. I'm, I'm no longer uh, the evil Jew who needs to rot in the oven. So, You're financing the whole operation, are you? I'm, <laughs> I'm financing nothing. I would not do that. Uh, so anyway, uh, Brandon, I, I I wish I had more time with you, but you know you you are welcome to come back on any time you like uh, as, as the what temporary guest host. The new name of the show is it, well, it, it's just it's still Drop in Friends. It's been that for a while. Oh yeah, so it's just it's open ended. This way, anybody uh, can claim they're my friend and come on the show. Oh, that's so, cute. Yeah, that's so. Anyway, you're welcome anytime. You can be the co-host, the co-co-host, whatever you like, and uh, we'll be back next Tuesday. I do want to announce, though, on the following Tuesday, the 3rd of February, there will be no show. Just not going to happen. Can't make it. Be uh, secret location time for me, and uh, I will not be able to. No, not going to be in Vegas. So I, I got to just cancel the February 3rd show. And uh, there will not be a makeup show. Just won't be there that week. We'll return on February 10th, though. And also next week, on February on uh, January 27th, we will have a show as well. Just that February 3rd will be missing. Of course, that's uh, provided I don't catch a cold or break my ribs or something else happening that seems to always befall me during the beginning of the calendar year that uh, sends me out of action for a while. But it makes the fluff or giggle. Yeah, well, he's not giggling on the site anymore. He's uh, he's been given a break here. I got, I got tired of it. I just got. Uh, I I knew the point when I like when I saw he had made a post and I hadn't read it yet, and I'm kind of like dreading to open the post. I knew there was time to do away with him. Yeah. I just uh, like I, I I just like oh no another post trolling me another post trolling me. I'm like uh, I can't have it anymore. Not on my own site. On, on a site I just participate in. Someone trolling me is fine. I just on my own site, I, all the effort to put into this thing, I can't. I can't have someone constantly trolling me. I, just yeah. you, you can bash me. Just don't constantly troll me. Just give me a break a little bit. Okay. Th- thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Brandon, for the surprise appearance. Thank you, Daredevil, for appearing on the show yet again as the new permanent guest co-host. Uh, Brandon, I'll let you do this one since it's been so long. You know what to do here. Absolutely. Shalom.